It's me, Chef JK again, once more for you, my listeners of the Family Cast. Food and music is life, yes? This week's guest is a promoter of both of those values. It's Chef Letty McKenzie, or Bullet MCK if you know her on her Instagram stuff. I want to welcome all the new listeners to the program and all the of course all the loyal listeners what I would call I guess the familia the food and music are lifers I don't know uh, I haven't figured that part out yet from one of those special on location episodes and not only is it a special episode on a very special episode of the family cast this week uh, chef Letty has broken yet another barrier Ladies and gentlemen, Chef Letty McKenzie has been my longest conversation thus far. In this conversation, we uh, I met at her house. The door was open to the street. It's a very busy street, so there's some background noise. And we used the room mic just to get our conversation going. Um, so it sounds a little bit different from, from some of our other ones, but it is on location. If you do recall, we did I've done on location at a couple different spots, so they always sound a little bit different with those, depending on how people are talking and stuff like that. So, you know, you'll get used to it, just hearing us talk into, uh, into the room, kind of listening to some music. We were listening to some of her records, some of her playlists. Um, so I decided to break it up right around in the middle of our conversation, right around the one hour mark or so. I'm going to stop it and kind of give a small pause, a commercial, if you will, you know, let you have a breaking point, a stopping point to kind of catch up with everything, uh, a recap, a, a, you know, just, I don't know, because it's a, it's such a long one. And also the first part's kind of her history in San Diego and the music industry and everything like that. And it kind of takes a nice we had a natural um, conversation together. We were sitting on her couch. So it was just like a natural um, flow from her history in music into her transition into cooking and the chef world. And in the second part of the conversation, you know, we start talking, discussing some pretty heavy and deep, dark topics. So I just wanted to, I'm not really necessarily warning you per se, but I just want to say it's not as, maybe not as whimsical and jovial as some of our, our other conversations or episodes that we've had, but it's very important stuff. And I don't want anyone to shy away from listening to the whole episode because Chef Letty has a lot of things that she gets really honest about. And I think it's really important to listen to those things and to um, be honest with ourselves. Maybe we haven't uh, really been able to talk about things with other people or anything like that but anyways i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spoil any surprises or you know any uh you know breaking news or anything like that but um it is it's a two-part episode wrapped up into one so it's a very long one and i'm just prefacing it with uh it's gonna be basically two parts the first hour of conversation and then a little break and then another hour or so of conversation with chef letty uh, we could have gone on and on probably talked all day but we both had other things to do uh, and, uh, you know, so we'll, maybe we'll do another part and figure all that out. But until then, I did want to get into the conversation without any further blabbery from me. So without any further ado, I just want to say again, thank you for listening to The Family Cast. And be sure to subscribe and share this episode with a friend. And here's my conversation with... Chef Letty, ladies and gentlemen, Letty McKenzie on the family cast. Let's dig in. What's that? I said, let's dig in. Let's dig in. Yeah. 
Testing. One, two. Yeah. All right. We did it. We made it happen. Hi, guys. You, that voice you hear is none other than the infamous. Not chef. famous at all. Semi. Semi. Whatever. It's, it's <laughs> Chef Letty. Letty McKenzie. Bullet. Hi. You might know her as... Bullet McKenzie. Bullet McKenzie. Bullet That's MCK. the music, the music scene, definitely. Okay, yeah. So we're going to get into all that here on this week's episode of The Family Cast. Food and music is life. I think Chef Letty would agree. Yeah, 100%. And, and there, of course, there are other things in life, but on this particular podcast, we are exploring those two intersections in our lives. Chef Letty in San Diego, particularly, is known in both the music industries and food industries, and... Uh, we are in her home, and we yeah. are looking at a beautiful day in San Diego. Yeah, uh, we're peering off Washington Street. Please don't drive by and honk. It's kind of <laughs> weird when people do that, but uh, right off Washington Street, um, high traffic area. But, you know, I've been able to make this home very chill where, like, I could leave the door open, and a semi-truck doesn't bother me. You're used to it. It's I think, yeah. It's a soothing noise now. If you close your eyes, it might sound like the waves crashing. Is that that's a little true. too pit- poetic? No, yeah, like <laughs> when you live near a freeway. Same yeah, same, same. It's, you know, just... The swoosh. The, yeah. It's like being in the womb for some people. Is that what that is? That's okay, the, maybe that's... Vacuum cleaner, yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> so, we just got really deep. Um, <laughs> I didn't think so, we were going to go that quick. I, yeah, we can go this, we, whatever. So, sometimes I like to go... Um, you know, into into your own history a little bit, depending on how far back we want to go. Some people talk about from their birth, from their childhood, or their beginning career in music or food industry. So I know that uh, I'm just going to say, are you a San Diego native? I actually live... Hold on. Hold okay, on. okay. She's looking for her... I see the hospital I was born at, gotcha. actually. UCSD okay. um, Medical. I'm Yeah. Right here in Hillcrest. I, that's why Hillcrest has my heart. Okay. Because I was conceived over there. So delivered. Delivered. Not, delivered. delivered. I don't know if I was conceived yet. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. You're right. Uh, yeah, delivered. That's delivered. even way further back than birth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Twinkle in my mother's eye, baby. Uh, somebody's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's so she's very she's hyper local. You know, uh, yeah, more I local mean, than I, some plants here. I uh, I grew up in National City. Okay. I grew up. I'm a South Bay kid. Nice. So um, technically, my family mom's side uh, specifically, and some of my dad's like. Uh, that area is very much like Sherman Heights. Like, you know, like that's where I grew up 25th and G and 25th and market and 20th and Island area. But I mean, my childhood home is a national city, national city represent. Mm -hmm. I love it. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Say say what you will. If you're, if you're, you you love it or you love it. Yeah. I I mean, I've been going back a little bit more when I left, I was 17. I was like, I don't fucking want to come back to this town. Shit sucks. Why? Because there's a lot of gang, a lot of bad yeah, shit. Sure. Personally, as a child, mm-hmm. uh, traumas and things that, you know, have occurred. And to me, running yeah. away and just kind of like being like, never again. Um, but now, now as an adult, like, you know, in respectfully my mid-30s, late-30s going into that area, um, I mean, going back and just kind of, looking at the good stuff like oh man i remember playing little league here which a lot of people probably don't know that i played sports when i was younger aha <laughs> started with little league um is that where the nickname came from i mean yes and no but yes yeah yeah okay, pretty much. got it um, and it carries on into 
Yeah, I mean, I was I was no track star. Only when my mom was chasing me. Uh. <laughs> You're gonna get the chunkla. <laughs> I know, I feel you. Yeah, so so now going back and actually seeing it in like a whole different light, different perspective. It's it's doing a really awesome job. I think like you know, Chuck Phillip down there is fucking just. That's that's where it's changing all starting. The scene. Yeah, changing the scene. He's fucking. I'm in awe. I yeah, wish. for sure. I know you're going to hear this film. There's going to be so. lots of stuff, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Chef Philip. That's, that's Philip Esteban for those of you that are listening in anywhere outside of I'm, San Diego. I love what you're doing yeah. to my hometown. It's his hometown. <laughs> you do stuff well. too. Well, you know, you do I lots do. of stuff. You do. I'm in North County now, though. Right. Yeah, it's a little different. Well, but that's so, okay. So we'll, we'll go into we'll, that. Yeah. We'll, we'll jump ahead a tiny bit. She's currently, you know, chefing at West Brew Del Mar, but which yeah. we'll get to that. There's a, there's a whole. There's a lot trajectory of trajectory into that. Yeah. We, maybe we don't get into every single detail. Maybe but, um, that's as far as you know. But I think that <laughs> I think that chef. Let, also, we we need to shout out Dr. Q down there. You know, yeah, Dr. Q. Actually, you want to hear a funny story? Yes. Another thing that a lot of people don't know about me. So um, I you was, heard it here on the Family Cast. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I think my mom still has pictures of this. But so when I was in high school, Sweetwater. Um, they had the junior ROTC program, their Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. That's actually where I met Dr. Q. I was a brand new cadet. I was in it for two years. So I think that's where a lot of my, besides my strict growing up, uh, upbringing with my, my parents in general, the discipline that I got from there at a very young age. Okay, yeah. I honestly just didn't want to do PE, and they ran around the track maybe once and didn't realize that, no, there's more to this yeah. than what it seems from the outside. Mm-hmm. Um Dr. Q, um, he was like two years older. He was a senior when I was a freshman, maybe or a junior, but he was in the program with me uh-huh. and uh, seeing where he is now, like fucking hey, dude, that's a rat. Like seeing the people I went to high school with actually succeed, yeah. especially coming from a neighborhood like National City, you and, know, and now helping the community, and now helping the community than, again. Right, two communities, yeah, two yeah, communities. so many, so, uh, the, so many. Shout out, Doctor Gonzalo Quintero, sir. Right, great job. Yeah, we applaud you. Uh, I, I love how these people have been in my life reordered. Yeah. You know, it's kind of cool to see. We when I what I've learned from doing this um, when I talk to when I talk to people or even t- talking to myself when I'm blabbing on by myself is like <laughs> you learn more. You learn more about yourself and you know, about people, obviously, but. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's this, there's this, there's this, there's all these intersections that I'm talking about. Like I'm looking at your record collection. We're in your house. We're eating local food, drinking local coffee. Shout out heart work. Thanks guys. Sorry. I don't have a good woo voice right now. Just picture a really good woo. Yeah. I don't want to scare my neighbors too much. I already think I'm fucking crazy. So, um, no, I'm looking at her extensive record collection. And then, um, so I want to get into some of your music history in San Diego, since you're a local, like, I see tons of pictures of you at the Casbah, you know, here and there. And, you know, obviously your punk rock mentality and or beyond. And then, yeah, I mean, did did music and food, you know, did those come through your house, your family growing up? Did that come with the so love of either of those? Food, so go ahead. There's a lot of good memories around music with my, I mean, don't get me wrong. We know seven in the morning, fucking Pongas playing. Smell the fabulous. So it's time to clean, girls. It's time that to must clean. be Saturday morning. Sundays. Oh, Sundays. Sundays. <laughs> right before church. Maybe not before church or after church, but Saturdays. It was always the weekends. Mom had cumbias going, sonora dinamita. It was like loud. Super and loud. Super to wake loud. You up. To wake you up. 
wake us up and, you know, we'd all, all of us would help do breakfast and we'd all do chores and then live our lives as we want to as kids because we didn't have social media. So, like, mm-hmm. I do shit in the backyard, play with random, like, shit that I found in the backyard or, you know, like, ride my bike or roller skate or do whatever the nice. fuck, you know, like, I was a very active kid. Nothing's really. It's espresso. Yeah. Um, did you drink it all? I think no. you drank it all. Okay, never mind. Uh, Maybe I drank my espresso. <laughs> maybe, but where would you have put the? You didn't even get up. Okay, let's not. That's okay. I won't. That's I won't stress too much. <laughs> Can't find my well, espresso. Uh, I know you were looking for oh, records. So. Saturday oh. morning. So or Saturday, Sunday mornings. So you're cleaning. My mom had a re- like. We always had a record player. Oh, okay. My mom's favorite album, and to the day is still mine, is Rocio Dulcat Siempre, mm. and it actually has Amor Eterno. That's where the record came out. I really wish they would do a repress of that because, Jesus, it's a fucking beautiful album. I'm also a big fan of, like, string orchestrated into fucking music. Like I know you also did, you know, uh, the fine art of dance. The, like, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so, like, I moved into... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, secrets. I wanted, I, yeah, uh, secrets. I wanted to be a ballerina, but instead it was, like, couldn't do it. Uh, piano for a little bit, and then, you know, picked up bass. My, my, um, I think my stepdad technically was the one that bought me my first guitar. Okay. And these are, like, memories that are slowly surging through because I've been going through a, I don't want to say a metaphysical, like, transformation, but there's, I'm becoming more aware of shit and letting go of things, and I think it's helping me become a more creative person in Mm -hmm. my field of cooking. That's awesome. Um, you know, there's a deconstruction of yourself a little bit. To, yeah. You know, sometimes you got to just gotta, you just gotta sit in your shit, figure it out, take a shower and just go. And this is, <laughs> I guess I've been quarantined. Yeah. <laughs> quarantine has put me in my shit so many times. I've realized mm-hmm. I've, although I want to say, I feel like I've been a great person. I haven't, there's been moments in my life that I'm not proud of and whatever. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, but so going back to why we're swaying, uh, records, the records with my mom, it was such a big importance. Mm-hmm. The first time I heard the Beatles was in Spanish. The songs were in Spanish. The songs were in Spanish. Los Beatles. And no, it wasn't even <laughs> Los Beatles. It was Los Abson. I believe that's how you say their uh, Abson. Really? And it, yeah, it was okay. a, the band from Argentina. I want to say, no, they're a Mexican band, I believe. And... They just did Suzy Q. They did uh, like CCR songs and all that shit, but it was all done in Spanish. So when I first heard Cotton Fields by CCR, it wasn't that. It was it was a completely different song. Same style of voice. Same style of voice. Yeah, exactly. When I heard Under the Boardwalk, it was not the guy that fell in love. It was the guy that broke up with the girl. It was completely changed and different. Not only were the words different, but like, the, the emotion that it conveyed behind it. I would love to hear that. Oh, my God. Um, I'll put it on a little yeah. bit. We're listening to records today also. Um, uh, you might hear Elvis Costello. In the which I need to flip. Flip, but it, flip was, it. So I tried to relate my life, not my life, but my emotions to the emotions of those people singing. Mm-hmm. And so I really took on music as therapy for myself. And bass felt right because it was rhythm. And it was like, it's like when you're angry and you're pounding at something, you could just feel yeah. that, that like, I was able to get out a lot of my teenage angst. 
through the power of the bass string. Through the power of the bass string. <laughs> that sounds all right. No, no. <laughs> if people understand, then it's <laughs> yeah. hard to explain. I know it, what you're it, is, it is. It is. And my, she's still there. I there did, she I did is. the same thing. I mean, I see it right there. Yeah, yeah she is. Uh, What's the name of your bass? I don't have a name. Okay, her. we haven't named the bass yet. Uh, I mean, Send I call her my queen. I call a lot of things my queen around here because they're they're my the power of the. Their power helps. Yeah. yeah. Very, very <laughs> in my life. Uh, I mean, but if you play it as a cello, if you want me to it's like, I mean, sure. there's a lot of things. Um, so music, big, big thing. When I was, I started awesome. going to shows when I was like 14, 15 with some of my... Where would you go? Iguanas? Uh, different places. So Soma. No, I think well, Iguanas, Soma. yeah. I think Iguanas may a... have been, because I was 15 and 99. So I think they were already oh, they were closing closed, yeah. and they were closed. Never went there, but I did go to some like weird hardcore shows and DJ. Definitely, uh, maybe I shouldn't have gone. Ugh, I don't know. Um, it got, but it just was, it was fun down there. So just Java Chula Vista, mm-hmm. the epicenter. Uh, of course, so yeah, of course, Soma mm-hmm. Club slash Empire Club, which is now Belting Beaver, Belting Beaver. Park. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and then in that, I met yeah, a dude. So I remember that. I met a dude, a friend of mine, who he became a really good friend, and he said, we could do this, too. I met a lot of people when I was 15. Um, shout out to my buddy, uh, Fernie Cruz, who ended up being my roommate later on in life, and now he's, you know, Chris Squire, all these people, the guys from the Dragons. Like, I met so many people. Oh, Johnny. Yeah, like, yep. going, to, I, I shouldn't say this, but sneaking into the Casbah when I was able to, and... Meeting the people that I did. You did not hear that here. No, you did not hear that here. Um, I mean, nobody would have known I had a a fake ID that looked just like, you know, me. Oh, good. Right? Mm -hmm. And fucking Asuka. Shout out to Asuka. She's like, yeah, we're just going to shout out everyone. Today's the day of shouting out. This is about the deal. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to jump back to the Beatles. Oh, yeah, yeah. First time I heard them was in, it was their regular records. You know, one, one hairs. But I heard them from... My Mexican neighbors, who was our babysitter, Garten Martin, mm-hmm. and they were the hugest Beatles fans. And they knew, they would sing all the songs in kind of Spanglish to, yeah. to me, whatever. <laughs> um, and it was funny too because, and then when he sings like Michelle, and it's partially in French. Michelle, yeah. And then so he was singing in Spanish, French, and English. <laughs> oh, dude, that's amazing. That was funny. Um, but that was the first time. I mean, maybe it wasn't the first time I had heard them because they were on the radio, but that was the first time people were really showing me the albums. And so I would sit with the, you sit with the record. So this is you the look band. Los Absolut. Okay. Yeah, actually, let's. Uh, I'll, I'll check it out. Oh, she's gonna put it on. Yeah, we're gonna put it on because <laughs> I, I feel that like. Do you play this in your kitchens? I I do, and people are very confused because then they go like, "Oh my god, I I know what this is," and I go, "Of course you do, because who doesn't?" Um. I'm gonna pause this because I gotta go find my heartwork. So you found your coffee now? I got my espresso. <laughs> Shout out to Hard Work again because they're keeping me juiced. Uh, Letty found the song and she put it on. And it sounds just like the original. Well, this is the Under the Boardwalk one. This but, is Under the Boardwalk. So what's it called now? Fuen Un Café. Fuen Un Café. And so the words are, the at least the title is completely different. Mm-hmm. And the words are on this one. It's more based on him breaking up with her. And I believe the OG is him falling in love with her. Right? Well, it's definitely talking about it. I'm not sure if it's about heartbreak or not in the original. But Fuego Cafe sounds 
I like it. It's almost like when people write like fan fiction about yeah. with, of novels or movies. Like yeah, here's yeah. what could have happened, or yeah, here's yeah. another perspective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that, so okay, so you're. So this your is what I would, like would listen to. you clean on Sunday mornings. So siempre domingo, right? You were like always cleaning, but there was music. So you were always, always. working. You were always working to a soundtrack. Always, which cadence. is now what we do in our kitchens. Mm-hmm. So you develop that cadence, and also the cadence of NJROTC. Yeah, yeah. So she's every time she's learning, every time Letty's going through a metamorphosis, there's a soundtrack. Every single time in Letty's life, she doesn't even know it yet. At this point, she's 15, almost. And then we jump to what? Well, the music, and What's so music? like so slowly um, sneaking into Casbah, sneaking into Casbah, and meeting people and bands. And my bright idea was like, holy shit, I could actually put these shows in my backyard. Mm-hmm. And rent a PA from Apex Music for like a hundred bucks, which I had a part-time job. My part-time job is working up to see what is a dishwasher. That's my first real blue-collar job. San Diego Zoo. San Diego Zoo. Let me tell you about fucking volume. As a as a sixteen-year-old, fuck that shit. I cry. I cry sometimes because my that's a lot of work. Most people don't realize that there's kitchen and dishwashing positions at the San Diego Zoo and Wild Island Park. I mean, I'm not shouting them out. I'm just saying. That's a huge place to have a food service job. Yeah, I worked no at the Sydney yeah. Cafe, which is right across the walkway from the uh, Koala Encounter. Oh, okay. I haven't been to the zoo in a minute, so <laughs> I don't know if it's still there. I'm sure it is. Caesar I mean, will tell us. Uh, Caesar, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I know it's there, but I don't know if it's in the same yeah. area because I what, know they changed give, give us an example of the volume of dishes you would do. Um. I never looked up for at least three hours. Sheesh. And I mean, this was part time. <laughs> like five dishes. out, like five, five hours a day. You know, I mm-hmm. couldn't work more than I think it was like 15 hours a week. So I worked three days out of the week, mainly on the weekends. Um, during the summer, I had my full, it was full time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I did it for like a year and a half and I had money. It was mine. I love the I love the origin stories of of uh, prominent chefs in town. Like I, mean, I wasn't thinking about food. No, no, like, <laughs> no, no. But, yeah, but at the same job. time, I wasn't thinking about food in my first job as a yeah, busboy, yeah. an Italian place. Like, but it was a job, and I was definitely yeah. I, I liked it. I was a busboy. Um, I don't think I ever actually helped. I did. I've done dishwashing positions, but I haven't been a dishwashing person position. So yeah, it's cool that there's kind of like those starting points for everybody. yeah. And I mean, I've always it kind of felt like it was the only job you could actually have and bounce around without anyone wondering why you've been in seven locations in under six months as a dishwasher, as a cook, as anything. Oh, did you go to other places to dishwasher? I mean, I, I left. Follow-up question. Is that still on your resume? No. Any, <laughs> so the last, I don't even, to be honest, I think Uptown Tavern, Beer Fish, and... A um, couple of the consulting stuff and West Brew are the only thing I need on my resume. Okay. I've been very fortunate and knock on wood every fucking wood in my house. It is so funny. <laughs> Real shit. There, <laughs> go. there we go. There it is. Um, very, very fortunate where I have not had to apply for a job. Yeah. And a bit. I love that. Um, it's very humbling to think that people really see what I do and go, that's what we want. That's the culture. That's the whatever. And you have a name now. And I have yeah. a name. I mean, I've always had a name. Well, hi, but... Becky. I mean, <laughs> you built the name for... You know, I have a you know. brand and following using my name. You are the brand. Right? I am the brand. We are the brand. We are the brand. You know, so like... Um, 
I want to hear more about the music a little bit. So the music, so, okay, so because we cut back into that, because yeah. I don't I don't know, it's just... No, it's working. It push. But that's uh, what this show's about. We, it it so, intersects. They intersect everywhere. So I just, you know, started, you know, when I was 15. This is the fun part. So okay. when I was 15, in high school, um, weird little girl, I was in mariachi band for like... On top of ROTC, I was a mariachi for one semester. And Your I school offered mariachi? My school offered mariachi. You hear that, schools? Come on. Um, and I, I was playing, actually, guitar in, in my mariachi band. I didn't know that much. Guitar, guitar, or the guitar? No, the, the guitar, <laughs> guitar. I did six strings, bro. <laughs> Keep it simple. I moved to like bass because yeah. it's four strings. <laughs> Less strings. Less, <laughs> Less strings. strings. <laughs> At one point, I'm just going to hit the triangle and call it a day. <laughs> Um, but I, I didn't, I didn't feel the love for playing the music as I did when I listened to it or when I was playing my bass. I think it's because I went from playing the bass to playing the guitar and it didn't feel the same. I went to photography. Okay. Another (laughs) jump. I decided I no longer want to do this. I want to learn how to take pictures. And so you, by 16, you had already done like. Three different passions, right? Three different passions. <laughs> my uh, photo teacher, mentor, life guide, and basically almost very important person in my life right now, Mr. Tommy Bryant. Um, I've heard you mention his name before. Told me, you should send an email to Slam Magazine and tell me you want to write for them. Mind you, at this point, I, my mom is like giving me permission to go to Epicenter and I would hit up these bands like the classified and like, you know, rock from the crypt and all these weird little bands, dragons, glue. Can I go take pictures? Can I go take pictures for free? Let me take pictures. Right, right. And of course, you know, what's a fan for free and pictures at that time, you know, like whatever. It was nice. I was, I was, uh, kind of getting to be known a little bit, but not really. I'm a 15 year old kid with a fucking camera and passion to develop <laughs> photos in a dark room in a high school because I'm all of a sudden feel like that dark art and like dark little 15 year old is like, you know, in me now. <laughs> the dark, the dark arts were already coming. Were you, is that coming from your like family's history with Trujeria or is that I, something you can talk I, about? I don't know. I you do remember when I was a it wasn't child, out it wasn't out yet. When I was a child that I was kind of my mom basically went, can you watch the craft? Stop pretending. <laughs> So, of course, like, yeah, all my life. But they always wondered, I always questioned things as in, like, it's way too coincidental or why is this happening? You know? And most of the time, people go through the motion of life. You know? Um, It was really hard because I kept jumping through these passion projects over and over. So now I'm taking pictures for bands, and now they're letting me into, like, the epicenter for free, and I get to see, like, Rocket from the play, uh, crit play with like Bucko Nine because Bucko Nine said I could go and take pictures and the epicenter said I was like cool enough to like <laughs> you know now I'm getting to know the door guys and life and you know it just things are looking good I decide with the help of my friend to go and book a show at a, an old place it's now it's on Home Avenue it's um, the Goodwill right now but back then it was called El Rio Nilo it was a Mexican vaquero like bar you have rancheras and corridos on one side and you have cumbias on the other this little mexican man and his wife listen to three 17 year old girls 
that wanted to book a show, and my first show that I booked was Agent 51 PBR and um, John Cougar Concentration Camp. Classic lineup. Classic lineup. That's the San Diego show right there. I was talking to people like Fernando Fernie Cruz, which is Run For Your Fucking Life, um, which was one of my favorite bands. The Tory Cobras had them play. The last big show I had there was the Toxic Narcotics which was the reason why we know we're no longer able to <laughs> book any more shows. But somehow or another, my mother, like, I don't know if she just didn't know what I was doing after school with my three best friends, that we were putting on shows. At 17 years old. At 17 years old. Love it. Awesome. I was making, I had paid Microsoft Paint, and I'm there making my flyers. <laughs> Microsoft Paint. We were called Backyard Productions. My best friend still has, yeah, because we started off putting shows okay. in my backyard. I had some little, like, you, all these little bands that yeah. were, like, backyard bands. Like, you know, we're, we're out seeing our friends from mm-hmm. South Bay, from North County. Like, it was a good that. area. It was a good area. area. It was a good time. And music, because of that, I feel like it really sparked that creativeness in me where I was just like, I want to keep doing more with art. Mm-hmm. I want to be not like, but I don't want to be in a band. Like that's fun. I love playing music, but I like to play it for me. Like I don't, I don't want to fucking. I'm not gonna fucking write a song and be like, let me sing a lullaby to you. But I want to play for me because I want it to hit me a certain way. And maybe that's me being selfish, but I have the <laughs> right to be selfish when it comes to a lot of creative things. Yeah. Now a lot of people. Musicians they, say they're doing it for the fans or whatever, but you have to do it for yourself. You do I mean, it for yourself. 100% like when it's you hear okay. a review about your food or your music, it's like, ooh, that hurts. Because if you wrote it, I mean, let's be honest, you wrote it for yeah. somebody, kind of, but it, you also, like, musicians are egoists, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, and that's okay. Like, ooh, yeah, you got, he went dark on there. <laughs> well, no, I just realized these are not even, like, the actual thing that I want, like, it should have played a playlist, and it didn't. It just started playing oh, random okay. music. Which I thought I it was all the same band. I was like, no. this guy, his voice changed to like Nick Cave all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the sad music going to make me um, happy. So 17, concert promoter, San Diego. What an era. And you're booking all the bands. Also, oh, okay. at that time, again, like I said, my mentor, photo teacher said, please write an email to City Beat. Or Slam Magazine. Shout out Troy and Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, this is where Troy I and I, I met. We're all circling universes. Yeah, yeah. Now. We uh, This is where Troy and I first met. Here I come in, skateboard under my arm. Like, I remember corduroy, maroon pants, and my little, like, Converse. I think I was wearing, like, a blue and no motive shirt. I was wearing a lot of weird colors at that time. I had this, like, bleached. Actually, this is a picture of me when I was 15. Um, looking nice in a picture uh, with my sister, but I had oh, yeah. bleach platinum <laughs> in the front and yeah. like the short black hair and then blonde in the bottom. I, I like don't that know. style. Very skunky, as we would call it. They would call me a skunk like that <laughs> because of that. Um, I go in there and, you know, he looks at me and he just goes, a fucking 16 year old kid is trying to like write for me. He actually allowed me to file some shit. I met Mr. Bart Mendoza then. Yeah. I met so many people I fell and found a band in San Diego that I fell in love with. And if you know me well, you know the dragons are a big part of my life. I do. I see the record right there. Yeah, the record just we came were, in. Yeah, yeah. We were hanging out with the, when the Bronx came through. Yeah, Penny. You know, yeah, so we were hanging out. I mean, yes. 
And they're also they're an awesome band too. They're very awesome. Shout out band. to Dragons. Yeah, Mr. Um, Mario, Mr. Mario Escobedo gave me some opportunities. Mario, you know? yeah, so um, go ahead. Go ahead. But why, yeah. why Dragons? Why did you fall in love with Dragons? Like, is there? It was the, the poster of Rock Like Fuck, which actually I now have tattooed on me. I don't think that the guys have ever heard of this. I don't think I've ever actually really told anybody about my loving and liking of the dragon. The drop like, here on family. Yeah, cast. there's a lot of shit that I'm airing out. This saying. is very like the more we Oprah. Oprah. Ooh. Ooh, are you my Oprah? me Oprah. I did, I did, but like nicer. <laughs> <laughs> Something about my home that tells, like, makes you speak truth. Sure. I think it's sure. um, yeah. I'm very comfortable here. I think I'm not. She, in, in she has created a, a, a positive energy space for, for today. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she's going to tell me why. She, the dragons was the connection to her. So the dragon, <laughs> so I feel like, so Rock Like Fuck was a poster that I saw the album that just came out. And I was like. So this must have been 98, maybe? 99, 97. Okay. Or maybe it already came out. Maybe. Oh, it was already out. Got I want to say it was already out because the poster was in the file room of Slime Magazine, which was down on Michigan Gorge, down the street from me. I got back into an orbital, orbital area. Okay. Um, and. It just sat. Oh. Um, and so, I don't know if it was just the poster, if it was the fact that it said rock like fuck on it. <laughs> I was like, four at that, you know, still are. <laughs> at that time, handsome dudes. I don't know, That's true, the dragons are handsome. They are very handsome. Mario's hair, dude. Like, Whoosh. damn. <laughs> but there was. I could see the allure. Yes. But then the, and this is before you even heard the music? And before I heard the music. Actually, I'm going to play the song. Here we go. That got me into That he's DJing the show here today. <laughs> yeah, that's not it. I'm like, it's a blue record. Oh, no. So that, so then you were like pretty, you involved yourself. You got like, you, you dug yourself into yeah. the scene a little bit. Like, uh, yeah. And it, wor- it, and it, was, it was one of those things. Yeah. It was no, one of really. those things that I felt like, um, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all the way. Right. And I, I didn't know what that meant. And I didn't realize what that would mean, actually. Um, you know, it was just like, all right, let's fucking do this. And that was as much as I, I, I felt with the music. And then the scene home for me. The scene, the scene allowed, opened its arms to you. Yeah. They said it was Not cool. the venue, the scene, the actual scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. Right? Or both. Uh, yes. I'm going to say yes. Where the fuck is this called? See, this is what you know about other people. Yeah, don't let people, like, mess up your, your you know, your, your organization of your records. Right. Like well, I had it out here. Yeah. Yep. She's got the Dragons vinyl album out. And so... So, this album, I heard it. I went to... Uh, Tower Records. <laughs> Sports Arena? Sports Arena. Took the bus down there because I wasn't driving, even mm-hmm. though I was making money. I wasn't a kid that cared about a vehicle. I mean, even now more so, like, material shit. Right. Uh, even though I did have a vehicle at that time, it wasn't like... The bus was also... I learned how to take public transportation in San Diego. Smart. Um, some of the kids nowadays aren't... Well, some kids are, but overall, public transportation is a Almost a rite of passage of learning, you know. And then I think people who have to take it are resentful of it. 
I mean, I, if I have to take it, I, I can. I'm no, no, not, I mean, yeah. in, your life, in life, like, they don't have a car, or their family doesn't have a vehicle, so they, they resent taking the bus or the trolley because they think it's, you know, socially unacceptable, you know, that they have to. Oh, definitely. But, there's some positives. Okay. Let's get ready. So, it's called My Confession. My Confession. And it's on North Lake Buck. Okay. And the dragon. So this song was what got me into them. Something about it. I felt like I related. Yeah. So this is the last track on this album, on this side album. Okay. Um, but it felt like I related to what he was saying. I haven't heard the vocal impact. Not to play it off another. <laughs> I'll find. I'll get the track. Yeah, get the track. So I'll find the track because I want to. I want now. I want it. I'm curious as to what the, to hear the lyrics because I like breaking that down. But uh, you can you can just tell me how how it I opens just, your eyes or ears or whatever. It was almost like. It's like almost to me as a fifteen-year-old, I don't have demons and I don't have vices. I'm still innocent of like things, but I almost felt like it was a fighting song, per se, maybe okay. for myself for whatever was happening between my personal life with my family. And I think a lot of people are going to say like, fifteen, what the fuck? Like you're young. What do you know?" But if not everybody is privileged to a very happy childhood, right? We know this now more than ever, because unless people talk about it, can you really right. break free yeah. of the shit that holds you back? People don't talk about their trauma uh, and know, or so, yeah. problems. Or yeah. And I mean, I've, I've, I've worked through a lot of that deep-seated issue. That's why I'm here and able to talk to you about it. Um, but I've worked through some deep-seated issues where I used to blame people. And then I realized, no, no, it wasn't them. It was how I reacted so negatively to the situation that I had no control over. Sure. You know? Yeah. And I always feel like as I'm playing this song, it's going back to that same feeling of what I felt when I first heard it. Yeah. Um, straight up rock and roll. Like, straight up that teenage like, angst uh-huh. that, like, life, I'm growing up and I'm seeing my friends are all in gangs. You know? There wasn't a lot of punk rock. Uh, kids, it was either you loved Blink-182 or you were like a jock. There was no kids like me that would listen to rock and roll and that would go try to see a show weekly, at least not in my circle. When you you threw the shows, were you seeing kids from your high school or was it people from all over, like North County? North County kids, people, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Sherman Sherman didn't have a lot of, at the time, it wasn't as, or they were there and they didn't talk about it. Because I know Golden Hill was a scene and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but nowadays more bands are moving towards Sherman because it's more affordable and stuff like that. Yeah. But like at that time, at least a lot of bands I knew were not. I don't remember much of that, you know, in the, in the sense of like, I remember bits and parts because there was a lot, a lot of things that were happening in my childhood and my teenage years that I'm, yeah, that I've put away. I don't want to talk to Tucked about away. It. Like, yeah, there's a lot. And I'm still, again, working through a lot of that sure, shit. Yeah. Um, 
I'm sure there's people who are much older than us that are still working it through all their childhood mm-hmm. trauma. Maybe and, they don't even know about it. And it, it took a tr- like this year's tragedy to even get me to where I'm actually talking about things. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I get emotional. I still am right now. That's, um, that's okay. But yeah, so music, music was my outlet. It still is. I come home, I turn on music, mm-hmm. I leave. I, I, I own two TVs <laughs> and I like cast music from YouTube music on there. Okay. I don't very like, maybe I'll sit down and watch something. Half of the time when I sit down, so I watch it's, TV. it's more of an audio thing than a visual thing for your TVs. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie, but it's usually a screensaver that does these really beautiful images from featured Google photos. <laughs> oh, yeah. We so, the corner. Like, yeah, like, so that, it. yeah, so sometimes it's like the mountain range of like whatever, Ooh. whatever, and sometimes, yeah, yeah, exactly, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, but that's usually what's there. Mm-hmm. Um, as I got older, I got into a relationship. You know, I'm not going to go into full detail on that one, but it didn't end up okay. Um, I ended up going to college, and I went to Brooks. I I learned film. Brooks in Santa Barbara. Brooks Institute of Photography. Yeah, yeah. I, I went. It's beautiful. And I, after four years of college, after working, you know, doing the zoo, and I've I felt like I've always done been doing something, no matter what yeah. I was always doing. Um, so during that, you know, relationship ended. That happened. And I'm in college, and now I'm learning about film. Now I'm working really hard in film. And now there's something in my life with my personal like life, my family, and there's a lot of discord. So I end up moving to L.A. for a little bit and working food. And, again, during this whole time, during college, I'm going to shows at the Ventura Theater. You know, I did a small, like, one-month, like, um, internship with Epitaph Records where I went on the Psycho versus Punk tour. I was working with uh, the business at that time. I was a photographer during that. Cool. It was a fun event. At Epitaph Records? Yeah. Um, And I was going, I was still working with a lot of bands, local, non-local now. And I was like, oh, my God, this is cool. Like, whoever thought I'd be had the chance to photograph Tiger Army or photograph No Effects through these, like, or whatever, whoever it was that I was doing. And I have a lot of those pictures tucked away up there. That's but really like, cool, yeah. um, as a part of my life where I was like, wow, dude, I feel really cool being able to do this. But during the day, early in the morning, I would go to a restaurant, open up, prep, go to college, do my courses, and then do either work in the film, like uh, the film that we were working on at that moment for one of our classes, or I would go to a show and take pictures. Sure. So that was, I did two and a half years, about three years. Um, I got into some bad shit. Uh, graduated, came down and got into some bad shit. Uh, back drugs, in San Diego? Back in San Diego. Drugs and alcohol were very much part of my everyday life. And I don't mean smoking weed. I yeah. mean, like, and I don't mean cocaine. I mean, a lot of people don't. Again, things people don't know. I had a small, very tiny two, three-year meth problem. And people didn't know that. Because I was able to be functional and not lose my shit and be able to work because for some odd reason, I just felt like I had to hustle and there wasn't enough hours in the day. And I had to constantly do things. And this was a time where I wasn't working with music and I wasn't doing film and I was just stuck in a restaurant up in LA and I left. I came back to San Diego. Okay. So you know, fast forward from all that. Time. Did you learn how to? Did you did you learn how to like kind of, I guess hide hide the meth 
addiction, would you call it an addiction because of your childhood trauma? I don't think it was. Tucking it away, like showing It wasn't like every single day I had to get high. Oh. It was more of a recreational Because you said it was a small. And I say small in the sense of like, I have a day off. Because you weren't strung out. Yeah, I wasn't strung out. So I'd be like, I have a day off. I'm going to get fucking high for three days. I can have hangovers. I like would plan my drug abuse. Okay. I'm not going to lie, but I did that up to like last year. And I not that I was doing meth until last year. No, I just was doing cocaine. People mm-hmm. that know me know that I like to party. And, you yeah, know, it's a, it's a, sometimes it's a, you know, it's the rock and roll lifestyle. Rock and roll lifestyle, yeah. Your bullet. You yeah, know, things like, are going on. And, you know, you come to my house, you party, it's fun, whatever. I go to work, I do my job, I did my job well. I did a lot of things while being functional under these right. things. And, I mean, it took... And now I would say the last six years, it wasn't like crazy like it was in my twenties. Um, in my as I because you've know, been more in the executive chef role. Like, yeah, as I started charging everybody. when I started getting more responsibility, then I started putting things down. Yeah. I was like, all right, so maybe I can't get drunk with my staff, so I'm going to get drunk at my house instead and be a little hungover. Yeah. I can't do drugs because I'll wake up and I got a TV spot. You know, yeah. things like that. I can't do certain things because these responsibilities are hindering. But I never took it as a, God damn it, this sucks. No, I was like, no, this is good. Maybe this is what this I is need. Thing. Yeah, this is a good thing. And Do you, so you don't, you don't miss it too much? I don't miss it at all, to okay. be honest. I don't miss drinking. I don't miss the hangover that comes with it. I don't miss it. I To be quite honest, and I love everyone that's ever been in my life, mm-hmm. I don't miss the people that would attach themselves to me during the intoxication period to drain me of energy because they do not want to release whatever fucking drama they would like spew in my ear. Like I don't miss that. What I miss during this whole time is the genuine, like unconditional friendship that I had with certain people like you, um, you know, Tommy, who I see all the time, my best friends, people that I talk to, like, you know, and, and, and they know who they are Mm -hmm. because Trust me, I make sure that they know that you are <laughs> yeah. loved. Yeah. Even if you're like following me on Instagram, like the fact that you're showing me support, I'm sending that right back to you. There's a, there's a lot that has happened and has given me grit to put me to where I'm at now. And I went, you know, like I said, college fast forward. Now we're back in San Diego. We're 2007. Yeah, 2007. You stopped partying as much, became executive at Uptown Tavern. That no, that was just two thirteen. This is so. This oh, is a little okay. before. So, so, so this is still yeah. So okay. this is still me like in San Diego. Now I'm back in San Diego after college because I, I took off. I was in Ventura. I was in Santa Barbara, Oxnard. I ended up moving to different places because I couldn't stay grounded. Like also, I'm I'm wild. I need to fucking go out. She's a wild stallion. I'm She's a wild stallion. <laughs> oh, Mustang. She's a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> a dragon. Yeah. She drives a Mustang. You guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Um. So there's a lot. There was a lot. Uh. I was hanging out, I wouldn't say with the wrong people, but I was at the wrong bar that was killing a lot of who I was. Okay. And we won't shout them. We won't shout. No, <laughs> they're, um, it's, you know, when you're 20 and you find that bar that makes sense and it's just, yeah. everyone's so relatable because you're all going through the same sorrow and misery and like, you that's know, why, that's why that, that TV show Cheers was so popular. It's like, yeah. everyone can kind of relate to that. I mean, um, even if even if you're sober and don't don't do that, you, you need a place like that. Yeah, yeah, and that's cool. Like I have, I realize that I have so many places 
that I could do that where alcohol is not. I mean, I could go to a bar and fucking hang out and not drink. Mm-hmm. I'm still the same lady. I'm still having fun. I'm still doing things. I'm just not drunk. It's mm. a good choice. I'm just not drunk. I am the same. I'm not the same person per se because of everything that's occurred mm-hmm. in the last five months, four months. But um, definitely, definitely the same personality to go out drinking. Yeah. Yeah. But I just and I won't. Drive. I'll drive you guys. You're I'll more make sure. aware. I'm more aware. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to. You could say mature. Is that no? <laughs> no, definitely not mature. <laughs> well aged. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well aged. Yeah. I guess. Um, I mean, look at us sipping uh, coffee after. At, what is it like in late after early afternoon? Right. Um, still having espresso. I mean, so yeah. So I mean, I started, were you starting already to be? No, I was still restauranting. No, like, actually, at that point, I started doing like you've got quick. I went to music. I was still back in music. I'm yeah. still working in restaurants. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I was working with Chris Walsh. I was working, um, you know, um, just working in random little spots here and there. Nobody fucking knew who I was. They knew me because of the music scene and because I was like always at the Casbah. I was, I support local yeah. to the yeah. fucking degree of local, you know. You got local artists in your house here. Yeah, local artists. Lo- uh, local bands, My weed is local. I mean, it's being grown in my window right now. Knife made by a local artist. Like, yeah, everything's uh, local. Um, no, yeah, totally. It's, it's who you are. Yeah, uh, I'm very proud, and I love the city that I come from. I love San Diego, and I know a lot of people say that, but... You're, we're, we are currently sitting, at, I believe this is basically the middle of... Uptown, midtown, downtown. Like, this is like she's literally in the heart of um, San Diego. Yeah, yeah. I am on Washington. San Diego proper. And, uh, yeah, San, yeah. I'm corner of so, what is this Lincoln and right behind and the Hillcrest Farmers Market. Like, please where... don't stalk me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you do, at least uh, leave leave flowers on the door. Leave yeah, flowers. Like, so, I love no. Go ahead with your but, um, how you got moved. How you started moving up out of. So I started center. like so you know again back to the Mario Escovedo part of it. Uh, <laughs> Mario uh, Small Bar. Uh, Scott Blair Karen opened up a bar eleven, and Mario had it in with that. I was kind of helping them out going like on these short little stings with the dragons on the weekends or the zeros. I just started playing again and doing merch and shit like that. Okay. And I was like, I always like that. I love shit like that. It's fun. I love doing merch. It's fun. You interact with so many people I like doing merch, yeah, over fun. one band. Cause you guys get to talk about what you love about uh-huh. that one uh-huh. thing. It's great. It's easy. Um, like it's a, it's an easy way to socialize without giving too much energy in general. To everybody, yeah. so it's just a little it's bit. Like next, like next. next you know. So hey, how's it going? You're cool. Great. I love that song, Jim. That's awesome. All right, see okay, you later. man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, so that was kind of cool. You know, took me to do a bunch of stuff, like uh, different shows. I met a lot of amazing artists. Uh, South by Southwest was in 07, I believe, and that's when I did merch for his whole showcase, Requiem Showcase, and that cool. was fun. Um, so much music. There's, I mean, I want to, I want to say everything, but that's yeah. years and years. And all of a sudden I kind of started dating a musician. Uh, pardon me. That was actually my last relationship. We won't go in depth into that because of uh, how aware of an most emotionally abusive relationship that was. Mm-hmm. Um, and people that know him now, like they could either agree or disagree, but to me, it turned me into somebody I was not. Mm. Sorry to hear that. And it, 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 here I am going like I'm aware of it, aware of it. And I let go of it. And to the point where like, 
I don't even say fuck. I don't even say his fucking name because okay. I do not need to throw energy that way. Um, how but do I you learn? Into- how do you sorry? How do you learn to? You've been through some. So you've been through some shit. Like, how do you learn? I, I know the answer for myself, but how do you learn? Or when did you become aware that you had trauma at a childhood time, and then you know family stuff, and then you know you you learned that you were aware that you had a drug problem, and then you were aware that this relationship was toxic. Like, how do you learn that? So the drug addiction, well, the drug issue, the problem was I, it started in another area and not that I didn't bring it down here. Definitely again, recreational, but to me that if it becomes a problem because of things occurring negatively, then yeah, it's a fucking addiction. It's a problem. Um, things weren't going right in my life. Money was scarce. I couldn't, I was always up, but I was not functional and my relationship with people was not the best while you were on drugs you mean yeah okay yeah yeah actually a a lot of things were happening that i could see i was losing losing myself and then you started to realize it started realizing i went if i get out of this then i can move on and just continue to literally i felt like just going through the motions of life work a restaurant Maybe one day find a man, get married, whatever, whatever. Um, it did. It did. Nothing ever did that, you know, not even to this day. Like, I'm not, that never happened. And that's okay. I think it was when I would find myself questioning whether it was worth going one more day or jumping off a bridge mm-hmm. or suicidal sometimes. Nobody knew. Again, holding it together for I'm, the public eye. I almost feel like I'm seen as a strong individual. You are, yeah. And so because of that, I cannot break face. Which then made me feel like the world expected so much. Maybe the world didn't. They Maybe. didn't. No, they, this was just me in my head. Right. Because of everything that I've gone through through child and through my relationships yeah. with men, with my fathers, like everything, like just in general. Right. Like there's so much. Does it show strength when a strong woman or man or anybody shows emotion like that? Like shows It does everything? now. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah, it's it does. Nowadays, oh, 100%. Okay. Motherfucking, cry your eyes out. Take five minutes a, a day. Of, yeah. It shows that you're fucking human and you understand human suffering. We all can't be happy. Life will not always be 100% fucking plateau Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in happiness. So in order to become, let me rephrase that. You're on the right track. In order to produce a better you from the inside out, you have to be aware of when these cycles of trauma stop. Mm -hmm. So when I was told, when I saw my ex give more attention to other people and put me down, mm-hmm. I said, no fucking more. And I took off. I said, I don't want you in this house. This is my house. I found this place for me, not for you. We were together for five years. It took me, I've been single for almost six years now. It took me this long to finally be like, I can't. Okay. I'm never going to give myself to anybody like that. I'm completely open to receiving love and giving love, but I don't want people, I don't, I didn't want someone like him or bringing someone in 
to my life and having that same emotion because right now or at that moment when we ended and I, I realized the emotional abuse, I had to get over that. And it took me months, years, um, again, back into an, an, a cycle of unhappiness. Again, drug usage, alcoholism. Um, and I mean, people could sit there and be like, oh, surprise. You're, you're not surprised. You're surprised I'm saying it out loud. Okay. Surprised you're saying there's a problem? That there was a problem. Okay. That I had a problem. Because a lot of people would probably be like, oh, well, we kind of knew. Yeah, 100%. You guys were just been in the fucking bathrooms with me, whatever. You're surprised I'm saying it out loud. Okay. I think that's that's where I'm, I'm going to get at this, you know. Who knows what I'm going to, the backlash that we might hear from this, you know. Like, no, I mean. Not backlash, but like the comments that might be made. And I understand I'm fucking fully disclosed. Like, I'm sharing you my whole life story. Yeah. I don't do. <laughs> Thank I you. Thank don't you. even. Well, it's a, as much as you want to, you know. Yeah, is, 100%. Is I mean, that's uh, why I think we bounce around a lot. Um, we always talk about what's, you know, what's off limits. We won't talk about that. What's, yeah. How much you want to share. Um, because, yeah. Because I think a lot, both of our lives, especially yours, involves music and food. So it's perfect. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's safety. It's, it's, it's. I mean, we're kindred spirits for sure. Like. Oh, yeah. Deeply spiritual in many ways, in many mm-hmm. different ways. And, and, I mean, you know, you know like who has the new nickname, I think, Bullet is leaving us. No, I mean, like, you did, you did, you have the maize and, like, um, the whole thing, like, that. It's, it says a lot. And also, indigenous, like, uh, indigenous cooking, uh, yeah. Indigenous centric um, food, decolonizing your diet and this kind of stuff. Um, which, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Um, I mean, but I mean, like, as far as, like, being, I think having that spiritual awareness. Um, you know, you practice, you practice a certain way. Other people practice, you know, yeah. ways, but like so finding, finding who you are. I, I feel like when I moved here to this location, because again, I, I gave you a tour of the way my entire house is. And yeah. it's, it's built perfectly for me, for my shadows, for the, the spiritual person that I am, you know, um, it's one of those, like, I feel like I had an awakening here. And then when I finally like broke up with, the person that, you know, put me down, put me down so much. I didn't realize that even after we broke up, I had friends coming out of the woodwork and going like, we couldn't hang out with you because he didn't allow it. Or this one time you guys got in a fight, he called me and said, come pick up your girl. Like you weren't even like his, like what the fuck? And I didn't realize that until later about, oh my God, everything you did was very hurtful. You actually made me become someone I wasn't. You hated everything about me. Mm. And the best metaphor to this relationship is when he moved out. This is not your fucking apartment. It was all, all his shit, all his music shit, every single thing, every fucking room, everything to the fucking gorge. My altar had his shit in it. So it wasn't even like a true altar because he put his trash and that's what it was he was a fucking pat rack you know a hoarder like i can't throw away this music magazine because it's a music magazine of 19 whatever whatever from uh whomever and uh whatever whatever and i'm just like dude it's like ted nugent who gives a fuck (laughs) (laughs) i hear what you're saying Um, yeah so he overtook everything and uh, the best metaphor to the end of our relationship was when I finally, after five years of being with this man, 
actually went into the closet. I pulled out three boxes, small, regular size boxes, and he left what was in there the best parts of me. My art, my camera, my face was there like it was standing up. Everything, the best parts of who I was, was kept in a box while I was in a relationship with this man. That he had packed, or you you packed it in there? I packed it in there when I moved in with him. And it wasn't until four years later that I unpacked it. There's a lot to unpack in that whole metaphor. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So it was, and it didn't, it wasn't like one day I just woke up and said, I can't do this. No, one day I woke up, I said, I can't do this. Then it took about a year to finally get myself in a position where I can have a two bedroom by myself and I can live in a centralized neighborhood that a lot of people wish they could live in. And what will it take for me to be here day day in and day out? You know, Mm -hmm. And I'm still, I hustle my ass off just to make sure I have this place because I love this house. Yeah. I love this apartment. If I had the money to fucking buy it, that would be great. But I don't. I'm poor. <laughs> I'm poor. I'm yeah, she does hustle. She's, she definitely hustles. She's, you know. Um, and then with, with at that time, I was had just taken on the role as executive chef at Uptown. So 2000, I want to say 13, I went in there as a line cook, 2000, middle of 2014, almost 2015. There was a menu that said executive chef, Letty Gonzalez. There you go. Congrats. Thank you. And at at the time, San Diego didn't have a whole bunch of spotlight on women chefs, right? I mean, not a ton. Oh, I ran circles. No, I'm saying around around the guys. Yeah, Yeah. around men. I mean, especially at that time. And, and, you know, Troy, correct me if I'm wrong, but there wasn't a lot of, at least not a lot of spotlight or attention given to women in the kitchen that weren't. I mean, pastry I still, chefs or like, I mean, you know, honestly, I still feel that even now there's oh, people even now. that don't, I'm not going to lie. I was just talking about Christine uh, Rivera from uh, Galaxy Taco, how I feel like she is such a player, like she's so underrated, you know, but she's yeah. fucking amazing in what she does. And everyone goes, this chef and this female chef, but what about the woman who's doing nixtamalization in San Diego and has been, has been perfecting this shit. They're literally selling their blue masa. And they're right? selling their blue masa. And yeah. I mean, granted, yeah. Trey Forchet, but still, no, it's her, it's her program. It's her baby. They're using and her where, name on all the posts. Like, and you know? <laughs> where I feel like there should be more recognition. Like, honestly, I should be following her trail that she's blazing. Not saying that she's following me. No, not at all. I think we're, we're fucking at the same level. She is my equal, and I love her to death. Yeah. I think she is one of the most powerful women out there in the industry with her knowledge in mm-hmm. maize. For sure. You if, know? if not the expert. Like, if not the expert, yeah. though, she's the fucking queen. Yeah. La reina. We yeah. know this. <laughs> and, I mean, I feel like, yeah, yeah, back then there wasn't a lot. So whenever I would have a little blurb here and a little blurb there, and it was always fun. Not that I haven't been in the newspaper before. I was published at 16. At 18, yeah. again, you know, music like, stuff. I'm in music stuff. So it's it's not like, oh, shit, like, this is the first time. And now it's food related. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. slowly, built my, I built a name. With and the that flavors. was a restaurant group, right? That was yeah. Barat Group. That's and I group. owe a lot of my knowledge to the Barat Group. Did they mentor you at all? I or? feel like through the way that I went through there, they got a consultant to work with me first. And... 
at one point it was me that had to be like, okay, we no longer need you because <laughs> you've done your job to help well, that's me. Good. That's good. Um, but you know, Kevin, Kevin Templeton, Randy, uh, Wagner, I hope I said his last name right. Chad, uh, pardon me, Bobby Jones, uh, Eric Linderfield, David motherfucking Jones, the Dave motherfucking Jones, Mr. DJ, uh, <laughs> from the Veronk group actually would always, he'd come up and have troubles with something, even if it's like something small. And he would just unwrap this knowledge of like, well, think about it this way, different perspective. perspectives. This is why I do this. This is my perspective. The Veronk group this. is a San Diego, um, uh, restaurant group. They yeah. have like, uh, you know, Barley multiple Mesh, locations, Barley Mesh, Gun, a lot of stuff Maver, downtown, Mavericks, um, Pacific yeah. beach. PB. So look up, you know, it's, yeah. it's tavern backwards. Wrong. So, <laughs> Oh, shit. You didn't know that? Wrong. <laughs> Anyways, there are restaurants in San Diego. Yes, you learn um, something new every day. Um, hey. But yeah, thanks to those guys, yeah. mentor, they that's really cool. Basically, they, saw, they went, believed in you. You run this shit like you own it, mm-hmm. and just make sure your numbers look good. If you have any problems, these are the tools. We will help you. Do you need? Like I remember yeah. the first time they asked me if I knew how to read a PNL, and I'm all, "What's that?" <laughs> What's the Actually, some executive chefs might still say that. Um, or, and you know. yeah, and they go, "Okay, Mr. Eric Linderfield's going to be giving a class to all these people. Yeah. Please sit down." Or if I can ask me, I can write you a PNL now. There you, <laughs> you go. Know? Yeah. Build one. Yeah, yeah, build one now. I, love like, it. I, I got that. Um, they gave you the skills. And they gave me the tools. Tavern spell backwards. Why didn't so I know this? You're right up on <laughs> Tavern. You were there for a good seven years. Yeah. No, five years. Five years. Five years. Five years. They're still there. I lived up the street from them, by the way. I'm two yeah. blocks away from them. <laughs> Uptown Tavern's still there. Still there. Still amazing folk. Um, I don't know what the fuck, but like, I don't know who the chef is. I haven't been there. No offense. I just haven't been there. No offense. I just haven't been there. I still see they make, anyways. Some so. stuff that you had. Yeah, yeah. That's a good, though. Yeah, That's a, a testament good. to yeah, yeah. your legacy um, there. Definitely. Did you stay with Ron Group after Uptown? No. I went to Beerfish. That's right. I went to Beerfish. Mr. Um, and we'll keep it quick with them. That's fine. You know? Well, there was consulting, right? No. I was a chef contract. Um, was there for about a year, year and a half. So, yeah. Verant uh, sells Uptown. Oh. Uh, negotiations don't go a certain way. Things asked for, whatever. Long story short, it was time for me to move on. <laughs> Okay, so... Uh, so she goes to Beerfish. I go to Beerfish. Beer so, yeah. Uh, Verant sells Uptown. Uh, uh, negotiations don't go a certain way. Things ask for, whatever. Long story short, it was time for me to move on. From Beerfish? From Uptown. Oh, from and up- then okay. Beerfish offered something good. I wanted to go there. I love seafood. I, I'm a product of my border town. And yeah. we are a fisherman's town, you know? I... I grew up with seafood, um, mariscos. My mom doesn't really eat mariscos, but like everyone else in my family does. So. What what part of Mexico is your family from? Um, Guadalajara y Guanajuato. So I'm going. I'm going. I know that's why we're related. I think, I think we're trying to find out if we have the same grandparents. Uh, I don't know if we do, but my I've heard stories that yeah. my granddaddy had a couple of fams. Um, shout out to the fams. Oh wow. <laughs> we will meet one day. Um, Let's see. Um, yeah, my, so my mom and I actually are going to Guanajuato next year. Cool. I'm very excited for that. This is, will be our first ever trip together. 
Oh, um, okay. we're gonna we're trying to mend some things, and I think this is that's good a great for way us. to do it. Yeah, going to the motherland, her her hometown, actually. So that's that's gonna be fun. The lucky bucky. Yeah. Love it. Um, that's awesome. So um, I leave. I go to Beerfish. the The one thing that I say that I I'll take that I took from Beerfish in the year and a half that I was there was the beer knowledge. I walked in there. I knew some beer. I knew what I drank, and that was good. Um, beer knowledge, the networking that you I did. You gained beer knowledge being there? Being there, yeah. Okay. Being able to brew with actual breweries. I brewed yeah. a beer with three punks called Starlight. It yeah. was a Widla Cochen Morita Meyer Lemon uh, Brett Saison Sour? Kettle Sour? Yeah, it, was, it was tasty. It was, yeah. Can you tell the fan, Can you tell these listeners what, what exactly Widla Coche is? So Widla Coche is... In its natural form? It is actually a corn fungus. When uh, corn fungus, when the kernels are overripe and wet, that means they've been overwatered. This, if I'm correct on this, if not, someone correct me. <laughs> um, this fungus starts growing on the kernels, and it's almost—it's a very sweet. It's blue in color. Uh, if you eat it fresh, I usually like kind of add it as a umami flavor. Definitely. Very umami, funky, but like bit. funky, yeah. So I've been doing it in a tea lately because it does have by itself. No, so oh. I do eighty uh, percent dark chocolate, cinnamon, uh, maca, honey, and the weed la coche. Okay. So it's supposed to be a almost like ritual browning tea. I oh. drink it because of all the benefits of all those things yeah. together. Um, especially for someone that at, at this moment isn't drinking enough detoxing. Technically, I'm so using it, using wheat, like, using corn fungus as part of her detox. As part, I, I mean, I use a lot of different mushrooms. Right. Uh, it, I would say it's similar <laughs> in that vein. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, healing so, mushrooms, not just. So, like, little, back to three punk ales. <laughs> so, Shout out so, Steve, and actually with Yvonne, with that time. Ivan, it was right. with Ivan. Yeah. So, um, she's brewing beer with local breweries, learning about beer from being a chef at Beerfish. Yeah, and then um, they have a, they do have a really awesome beer selection yeah a f- fantastic um, not it's not a brewery it's a it's a restaurant focused on seafood and local beers yeah, yeah definitely so that was fun i enjoyed working there for the year and a half but it was time to go I, sure. that that was part of me that's what it was just a quick year try to get things going yep and we they're still operational on. yeah we moved on um and then i started doing small consulting here and uh-huh. there and yep. i really pushed out he has in my east which was my passion project where i found what is a daughter of the corn Daughter of corn. So, again, stories that I've read yeah. and been told. Azteca people, people of the Nahuatl, and um, our gods made us of corn because you use all the elements to produce, I mean, technically a tamal. <laughs> you use the air, which is the steam. You use the clay pot to cook it. You use the water to create the steam mm-hmm. and the fire to boil. So using all the elements of that, and it's a very long story of right. how we got there. Yeah. So I'm just giving you the end part the of it. Boiled down version. Boiled of- down version. We're on the man. In the Aztec lore, yeah, humans yeah. are humans are we sons, come and daughters of, yeah. sons and daughters of squash and corn, mainly corn. Yeah, yeah. mainly corn, uh-huh. and um, you know, it's our stocks are strong and our our kernels are. Or even stronger, you know, they try to cut us down and we come up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything around that 
Mesoamerica indigenous comes from maize and because it comes from the land it needs a lot of water and the sun must be there's so much to growing corn mm -hmm. I've grown corn in my own backyard here before black Inca corn to be exact and it's it's a lot and I think when I started having more spiritual awareness I guess you could say that um, I don't know if that's a proper term but it was after the breakup I was I was uh it was after the breakup. It was in between Beer Fish and Uptown. And we had that super bloom, I want to say, in like 2016. What? 2000, like the desert super bloom. Oh, super bloom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we went over Hot there. Yeah, it's in Burrego. And we went over there, and I remember just sitting on the sunflowers. And I was like praying to, to somebody what do I do now? Where do I go? Mm. And since then, I almost felt like this awakening slowly, and then which made me start realizing that I've, by hardcore appearance, this rugged badass, the husk, the husk, <laughs> the husk uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, was due to a lot of childhood angst that. And, and traumas and things that in my perception I thought were not okay. And in by textbook, no, 100% not okay. Um, There's a lot of emotional abuse, not really physical, but there was things that my family didn't know how to properly whatever control or you know, sometimes communication is not the best to deal with these cycles that end up like you just end up like your parents and so on and so forth. And, you, you, know, you realize some of that was your parents' problems, not yeah, yours. Yeah, right? yeah. Or I realized, and you know, not to like ever call anyone out on this, but when I feel like when I was younger and my aunts and my mom would talk about weight, mind you, at that time I was 125 pounds. Um, I'm a healthy 175 now, thank you. <laughs> okay. uh, 180 maybe. Uh, but it was because in their entire life they were taught to be skinny and pretty and tr like kind of take care of too, like, and that culture and take yeah. care of mm -hmm. your man. And here I am, none of the above. I mean, I was I was thin then, but I wasn't like you were feeling like you weren't living up to kind of their standards of yeah. What like I almost felt like that's is, yeah. Or, like, I'm fucking wild. I want to go do shit. <laughs> oh, go fucking. And, and they didn't understand that. They didn't understand that. They didn't understand where that spirit came from. And, I mean, now more so than ever, I think she kind of does. She's okay. She's Your mom. My mom is so proud of me, even though she yeah. doesn't say it. And she said it a couple of times. And when she does, it brings a tear because it's very hard to convey. For someone that's told to, like, suck it up, you know, and not convey emotion her entire life to be able to say I'm proud of you and all your accomplishments it's great because wow. I say that to myself now proud of myself I'm proud of my accomplishments I'm proud of everything that I've done to get me here yeah for sure we all need to hear that from our, our respective parents yeah. guys need to hear it from their dads you know vice yeah versa. and even like I mean don't get me wrong there's times where like some people question shit and I'm like you know I had someone I say someone because it's family member, sure. but I said okay. someone mentioned being in mariachi band, and they're like, prove it or it didn't happen. What do I need to prove to you anything for? 
Who the fuck are you? The <laughs> uh, fuck are you? I haven't seen you in 20 years. Now you're asking me to prove shit. Go fuck yourself. It doesn't matter anyways. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm not playing in a mariachi yeah, man. I'm not, I'm not now. I'm saying I did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it happened for half a semester, but it's not like it didn't happen. But like, still. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> did you, do you use any of your mom's recipes in the kitchen? So there's things that I've learned from watching family members yeah. and being in the kitchen. I was always in the kitchen. That's right. I was yeah, like, same. You know, always in the kitchen. Um, my mom was not... My mom can make fucking tortillas like no other business. My mom's tamales are the recipes that I use. Her pozole is what I use. So you are. I am. Awesome. Those big dishes, Mm -hmm. those family-style dishes, definitely. Something smaller? Absolutely not. I remember she made Because she didn't cook small. She didn't cook small. She was the third of... The third or fourth of ten. Equally. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So she uh, had to cook for the other seven she siblings? Yeah. She cooked I almost want to say my mom is like, always has been the, almost like, even though not the eldest, the one that took care of the family. Well, seven siblings after, yeah. That's... Oh, no. She was like, there was, I think, two in front, and then there, I have right, five. Right. Five uncles I mean, seven and four. After her, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So, you know, it was, it was interesting. So you're you carrying know? on her, you know, her I am, traditions I, in the kitchen. I the family traditions. Family yes. traditions, yeah. Family traditions. The good traditions. The ones that I feel are necessary in my career. And and I say that necessary because when I make food, I put so much soul and love in it that I don't want to put anything else in there. I don't... If my food doesn't look pretty, I don't give a shit. It tastes amazing. I feel the same way sometimes about my food. I'm like, Ooh, I I, like that doesn't picture very well, but like, <laughs> wait till you try this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, if we go to West Brew Delmar today, is some, one of her recipes is going to be in that kitchen? Or is that for, for specials? Those like, are for specials. Because it is special. I it mean, is special. So, like... Like, I, I don't want to always... I don't want to make my famous mole or salsa. Or, I mean, not my, I'm saying in general, like, every day. It needs yeah. to be special. Well, I had the mole on the rest, on the on the actual menu, and I it didn't feel right when I made it. I almost felt like it didn't even taste right when I made it. And everyone was like, this is the best. And I'm going like, no, it's not because there's, I'm not doing this for love. I'm doing this for money. The mole isn't made for money. The mole is made to like, you know, kind of give you a little heart hug. Yeah, <laughs> I want, sure. I want my food to pull heartstrings. I want you to tell me how it reminds you of your Tia Tomasa's dish from Sinaloa that you remember seeing her kill the fucking cow with the one-eyed monk from the down the barrio and whatever, whatever. Like, that's what I want when I cook. I want to I wanna touch you. I want to touch your heart. Let me rephrase that. I know what you're saying. No, I know what you're saying. You, yeah. I mean, if you let me touch you, that's a plus. But if not... Like, no, no, I know what you mean. Like, the, um, there's like the mole something... especially. But for one... I mean, the mole is like a separate level of almost of, of cuisine by itself I think but like yeah uh, yeah I mean I, and I, I can totally I can't really relay it to I guess a listener on a podcast without eating with you you know like, yeah I mean I'm like enseña me like tell me teach me so like what, what, and, what am and, I supposed to taste what it goes yeah into, you know, and it's and it's a lot because it's you're putting in 30 ingredients how do you balance 30 ingredients <laughs> yeah yeah how do you know how many chiles to put in the morning and I asked that to Chef Oz before and he's like oh Josh, I don't know, brother. Because he knows, like, either he's looking at how many dried stuff, you know. Yeah, because I could say put 
20 cascabelas in there, and you've got these different. little ones, you got these Well, it's going to taste ones. different if I make your recipe, basically. Yeah, 100%. So, and I always tell people, you can have my recipe, it will not come out the same exactly. as me. And I could show you, but it will not come out. So I was out trying to say, I was trying to, I was trying to explain this to a couple of people, you know, they're saying, do you have recipes in the kitchen? Yes, there's a recipe book, I, and I could give this to any of my sous chefs or anything like that. It's not, it's, I don't want to say I'm, I'm better, I'm just saying, like, the recipe that people have is not... Your energy in your food is different right. than what your... If I take, I have that same cookbook right there, the, the Mexico, the yeah, one. Yeah, I love that It's book. an amazing book. It's I, very I, gave, I let someone borrow it, and they're like, I said, here's some recipes you should try. So they tried them, and they're like, we didn't do it, but it doesn't taste as good as when you do it. I'm like, I don't know, I, I can't really explain that to you. Yeah. It, unless I'm there cooking it with you. <laughs> I don't know, it's hard to... Did you want water? I actually brought a water. But... Did you? Okay, yeah, okay, thank you. A... Thank you. We, we've created a thirst. Yeah. Talking about all this mole. Well, that and my allergies, and of course it doesn't help that I've got like... Have you seen the way my house looks? I have it's fine. allergies. Okay. We don't care. Um, but no, I'm not in anyways, the sense of all the flowers. The, the, the little tangent there is just to say that, like, no one's going to cook your food, I guess, the way, no. you know. So, I, like, if, you're at a, if you have a day out, no offense to... The diner, no offense to the diners or the restaurant itself. It's like it must. It's going to taste a little bit different, not, and it should taste still be so pretty. Maybe they. Or some they, people might not know the difference. I'm going to say that at least eighty percent of people don't notice it. Okay. Because a lot of people don't have an awareness when it comes to food, and their palate isn't as strong as ours. Mm-hmm. That we could be like smell the fact that there's no salt in that sandwich before it even hits the table. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. And you other chefs know what I'm talking about. You know that you're looking at escabeche from this far, 10 feet away, and you're going, ooh, I can tell that needs more salt because there's that little bit of like, you could smell how balanced it is. It's what we do. It's in our blood. It's, yeah, but I think you are different because you, you're coming at it from a spiritual aspect also. Sometimes. 100%. You're going to the oh. kitchen, you know, I clear the room, whatever, if I go in first thing in the morning, or, you know, I choose the right music for the, for the mood, but some people can't taste that because they're not spiritually in tune with it, you know, like, even the best tea eater in the world or whatever, say, like, yeah. they're not gonna, it's not on a, it's not on that level, and this, this may it, sound cheesy to some people, but, like, there's that movie, you know, the, um, like whatever chocolate. Yeah, the tears are in the food. The other one, so the I mean, sad. I don't want to say like, uh, what's the one that uh, Sim- simply irresistible is that the name of it? The one that Sarah Michelle Gellar did. It was almost oh, similar. In I that definitely sense. did not see that, but <laughs> but I know what you're <laughs> oh, saying. My bad. <laughs> we could She's a, you, you should see her Sarah Michelle Gellar tattoo. It's fun. Uh, <laughs> it's great. It's a tramp stamp. No, I don't have one. No, no, I'm saying is she Buffy. That's Buffy. Yeah, yeah, I would have totally had. Uh, uh, um, a Buffy one. Sabrina. Sabrina. No. No, anyway, what I'm saying was like, um, um, why do we talk about Sarah Michelle Gellar? Well, because we we're talking about the emotion and food. Oh yeah, so yeah, it's in the food. Like that's why I play the music I play. I want that. Uh, I've said this a couple of times, but Troy can relate, and like other people can. I need to play something chaotic in the kitchen to focus on the plate. Yeah. So you do that, and I have to listen. Or I go jazz with if I'm. So I so do there's certain things. So I do the last. I don't want to say that I have a specific genre. All I know, I, no, I can tell you right specific. now, if we're listening to classical, I'm fucking pissed and do not ask me a question. Mm. Classical music is what calms me when I'm seeing red. So okay. that means someone fucked up, something burned, and someone got fired. 
But I don't think I've ever <laughs> in my entire kitchen career had to put classical on. Okay. So, I mean, so I... red flags are up if you hear classical in Letty's Kitchen. Yeah. If you're ever at Westbrook Domar in the kitchen... Or other one. <laughs> you hear classical. Yeah, someone's um, in trouble. Don't ask for don't ask for the, to see the chef. <laughs> or maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe you're the reason but why. Maybe that's that the best t- food ever. That'll be the best food ever. Like, uh, made with anger. No, no, definitely not. No, not made, but like focus and like probably trying to clear or you're myself. Fixing, you're fixing somebody's mistake or something. Yeah, um, I mean the last big closing. We've been playing Bad Bunny a lot because I do have some. You know, one of my young cooks is in there, and it's what we can relate to when we're closing, but. If I'm by myself, fella Kuti, fucking Chet Baker, uh, I'm listening to Slade. Or, I see that. Know, yeah, I saw that. Slade. Got Slade I'm listening. There. Sometimes I just need something to kind of go with. I'm, I'm on a Ramones radio station, and I love the Ramones, but I can't, as much as I love them, their cadence, their music does not belong in my kitchen mm. because they're what I listen to here. They're my at-home. You have boundaries. boundaries. <laughs> you have musical boundaries. Okay. I do, I do. I love it. Uh, yeah. Lou Reed. Uh, there's certain stuff. I'm not going to listen to Tom Waits and Nick Cave at work. Are you talking about during service? During service. So she, during you want a mellow, mellow soundtrack for service? So No, no, just in general. Because okay. Fela Kuti is not mellow. No, like, I mean, well, Lou Reed, Nick Cave, like those Well, that's what I'm saying. That's too mellow for my service. Okay, so I yeah. need something upbeat, something, Let's you know, go. that's going to go. Let's go. Um, yeah, Buddy Rich, man. Fucking the drums. The moment he starts going, that percussionist, man. Something about, again, the rhythm section. I am, that's my thing. It's yeah. my jam. Okay. As a bass player. Drop with my story. I, I wanted to, just real quick tangent on music, and it's a, I want to keep it really short. Morrissey Smith's Yes or No? Okay. Um, really great. Okay, go ahead. Morrissey as a person. Absolutely not. Right. Morrissey. Smith's in, music. Morrissey as his band Morrissey absolutely not the Smiths I enjoy them I appreciate them I can get into them I don't own any of it it wasn't in your household uh, or a choice fuck no <laughs> some Mexican My, households not yeah. mine okay. mine was very was the question. classic like, rock Rolling Stones yeah. we're a rock and roll family Okay. You know, that was too sad for us. We <laughs> want to be sad. We listen to Chalvela, Vargas, Los Temerarios, <laughs> fucking shit like that. Okay. Uh, Yonis, I think that was another band. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the shit we listen okay. to when we sad. That, that, was, that was all, real quick. I, just, okay. so I asked everybody um, um, in, in, from our yeah, yeah, yeah. backgrounds. But, okay, so so you're at Uptown. I'm sorry, you're not up. So now, oh, yeah, that's so now old, we're down, yeah. Old, so now now we're at, all so of a sudden, we're, all of a sudden, we're at well, no, no. So he has it my east. I yes, start doing yes, decolonize. Uh, decolonize the diet. Decolonize the diet, and it, I used all of the products, the Mexican products, to make these American dishes. You were traveling to Mexico once a week to get stuff. I was going mm-hmm. down to Mexico once a week. I was talking to people that would make the pots, mm-hmm. and pans, and mm-hmm. clays, and. We had, yeah, local artists doing, like, whittling fucking spoons, which I thought was a waste of money. But you know what? It's the aesthetics, the effects, and whatever sounds like. Mm-hmm. To have people come, I will do what it takes. Right, right. Um, except spin a sign and take off my clothes. There you go. That oh, I you won't spin. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that I do for fun. <laughs> That's just, uh, uh, but I won't do if that. If you see Letty spinning a sign on the street, she's having fun. I'm having a blast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, cool. But, um, and it was just like, you know, just, geez, like, it was so much fun being able to work with Dominique Chanel. Like, um, oh, yeah. I, I worked with Dominique, and 
it was an experience. It was a, a very... We don't work together. Um, I haven't talked to her in a minute, but like it was a very unique experience. Mm-hmm. We actually traveled to Mexico City on my birthday together. Oh, cool! And I felt like even there, more so, I I felt like I had a like I kept getting called. So no matter what, I'm going to Mexico. Whether fucking whatever. I went. We went to Mexico on my birthday, September 14th. Independence Day is the 16th, or the, yeah, the 16th. Party time. So we went down to Socalo. And stayed in the plaza during the entire Mexican Independence Party. I we saw the fucking president. I mean, granted, the guy was a mile away, but we stood in an area where I was able to see the man wave. His, I it was a bucket list. I don't know how to describe it. At that time, it was amazing, and I'm president that he is now. I'm like, uh, but <laughs> you know, unfortunately, I had to deal with my own here. Uh. <laughs> so, but it was an experience and a half to be able to go down and do what we did. And I felt more in tune with the food that I was doing. Unfortunately, uh, it has a nice to not continue because what happened? Quarantine. At that moment, I was now working with, like, you know, fucking slinging some burgers and sausages at Fathom during the weekend just to make some cash. And, but, putting my focus on he has a maize pop-up and being able to do this and because I didn't have an actual kitchen I was also being invited by Rufo Ivara to go and travel with him and basically uh, you know be his Sue traveling Sue Uh, he would go there and you know talk about his food I'd be with the team plating and we he took me to do Sobe chef Jose Andres is like um what do you call it? Like his event for the Sobe last year. That was the biggest. Oh, the one in Miami. The one in Miami. Yeah. That was the biggest event that I did. The last event that I did that had to do with travel. It's the last time I've gone on oh. the plane and back. I and um, I remember that was one of the rare times you wore lipstick. How, yeah, makeup. <laughs> big makeup. deal. Big deal. Uh, I don't wear makeup. I just uh, my entire life I've maybe again it's because I didn't have someone to be like this is how you do your makeup. But like mm-hmm. I never wore makeup. I don't feel. I mean, honestly, if I grew my eyebrows, I think I would fine <laughs> and, and brush my hair. But, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I've never been I a guess makeup. that's true, huh? You don't, yeah. You know, I don't it's never. Like, it's, it's very rare. And if I do, it's because I feel, like, tarting up. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like, oh, let me get my Lilith out of here and just do whatever I want, you know? Um, but it's never, like, I, I've never been that person. I think I spend more time on what I wear mm-hmm. than what my face looks like. Because okay. <laughs> I, I feel like it looks okay most of the time. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. Until um, so there's hair in my, food in my hair and then nobody tells me and then I'm just like, food in the hair? Yeah. Yeah, which is, you know, <laughs> usually you hear about, out. you hear about hair in the food, but we're talking about food in the hair. Yeah, because <laughs> most of the time, like my hair's yeah. off. Yeah. And, you know, you go for a squeeze bottle and it goes all over the place. And next thing you notice, you've got aeolian buffalo sauce. And I don't even know how that piece of crab got on there, too. Exactly. And you're just like, wait, I didn't even touch my hair. (laughs) (laughs) And why didn't you guys tell me? I ruined a really good mask during the, during the, not too long ago, uh, we were doing a wedding tasting. And I was tasting something and it was like a red sauce. And I had the mask on still. And and I come out, I didn't know. Well, for one thing, I tried to taste the thing. My spoon on. hits the mask. Uh, oh, shoot. So I pull the mask down to taste it, whatever. And then I go out to the people. And I, I, I wore the mask. I didn't even know it was there. It looked like I had red lipstick on the mask. Oh, my like, God. It, that's it awesome. changed the way of the mask. But, like, 
if people don't tell you how you're going to have yeah, I yeah. relate. I can relate to you. I yeah, yeah. I'm much, not looking in the mirror. I don't have as much long hair as you have, but, you know. Yeah, I mean. I got a beard. Um, yeah. um, so, so, so then, uh, yeah. quarantine, quarantine yeah. happened. Yeah. I mean, this is a long interview, and people are going like, "Holy shit, this girl's probably like." Nah. This, is, know, this is like regular length. Is this probably going like, dive. "Oh god, yeah, deep." So we're gonna go deep. But deep. we're current now. We're current. We're deep. current now. We are now at March of last year, and okay. I'm gonna straight which up, feel, which is like yesterday, or yeah, and right. or 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna quick uh, disclosure. It's gonna get fucking deep and dark, and. There's things I'm probably going to talk about that might make com- people uncomfortable. Maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is their awareness that it's okay to talk about things when you're ready to okay. talk about them. Um, <laughs> yeah, go for it. And I feel like now I'm able to slowly voice my truth mm-hmm. of my life. I don't know why I felt like so closed up almost. Um, so last year, uh, quarantine happened, and you know I'm fucking bored, and as we all are because life. I live alone, definitely can't do anything. I've never been alone in my life. Let's be fucking honest. I go out every. At this point, my life was travel, pop ups, uh, bar, a little blow here, a little drugs here, a little this and that, little always, always, always on the go, hustle, move, move, move. My apartment and bills to pay, you know. Um, I'm not rich. I don't got money. You know, just like I live just like everyone else. Um, but now I met somebody and things are going great. And in the world of quarantine, when you date, and I say that in quotations because it was just him coming over and us getting to know each other. For four months, it feels like an eternity because you're sit here, you're sitting here getting to know that person. And there's no hiding because you can't go to a bar, get drunk and come home. Um, they're not open. Uh, so a lot of things are happening in my house. I'm going to hang out for four months, and all of a sudden, well, mind you, at this point, everything comes to a halt. Consulting jobs, there's consulting jobs, uh, pop-ups. I can't do pop-ups. Everything's Oh, the industry. The industry just comes to a complete halt. Mm-hmm. As someone who is constantly on the go, what happens when everything just, there's a wall put in front of you? You're looking for something. I'm stuck. My mind doesn't know what to do because in my head I haven't thought, maybe I'll pick up fucking my bass again. Maybe I'll rearrange my records or maybe I'll just fucking walk around in my underwear until on a mask like until it's time to open up. I wasn't, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending, these people that were eating three times a day and doing nothing. I was constantly pacing my house. I was drinking a lot and, you know, hanging out with this one gentleman, I want to call him gentleman, this dude, uh, fuck that guy now, uh, <laughs> um, and one day, as everything's coming to a halt, things are happening, I lost three people that I love so dearly in one week, um, on top of the people that I had just lost previously in just January and February, that's five and under three months, um, I lose people a lot, a lot of people that mean a lot, and I would always question why I was so close to death. So all that's happening, I'm slowly losing it without losing it because I'm not telling anybody I'm losing it. I'm actually microdosing every week. And I remember sitting here <laughs> wearing my hoodie, lying on my couch for eight hours as the entire discography of Brian Adams is playing. 
That'll make you feel something. <laughs> and my best friends know that when Ryan Adams plays, I'm diving into deep emotion. But if I want to dive even deeper, then I put the entire Whiskey Town to the soundtrack. <laughs> like, all of Whiskey Town. Because that's going even deeper into an area of my life that I probably don't even remember that. I love Whiskey Town. I, I found them out when I was in... Um, in beginning of college, so I want to say like oh two maybe maybe oh three, and you know um, yeah, you know Ryan Adams was already doing solo shit at that time, but like been able to go back to that. Um, then the guy I'm seeing just falls off the face of the planet. Oh. He deletes all his social media. He doesn't respond phone calls. I only texted him like three or four times in that week, and I went, no response is a response, and I'm not going to deal with this. So I try to keep going with my life, um, and at that same time, because of that, I felt so abandoned. I was alone in my house. The man that I thought I was having a connection with just goes on and disappears. So many issues that I had as a child flood my brain and I have my first mental breakdown mm. here in this room and I realized that I gave so much myself to so many people and here I am broken depressed No job, how am I going to pay my bills? The little money that I do have saved up, which was enough to get me through at least eight months, which is, for a lot of people, would probably say, that's a lot of fucking money, but for someone who's been trying to save and save, it, it, yeah, it's, it was something, but I didn't qualify for unemployment. I also didn't have money coming in from anywhere else, so I had to pull the little that I had to survive in my apartment. So now I'm becoming broke and jobless. There's no creativeness. I'm not cooking. I'm not doing anything. But wallowing in my own despair. So what I do is I start going to Alpine and I start helping out a friend and just hanging out in his place like two, three weeks. I mean, my breakdown lasted two months. I disappeared. Not completely. But enough to let people know I'm alive, but you just don't know. Where you see farms, people think I went to Alpine to butcher pigs. I did. I also went to escape and be with nature. I went up to Grass Valley up there, not just to play with chickens, but to escape and play with nature. Be with people that I felt not only were unconditional in the sense of, like, our house is open to you, but our hearts are open to you. People will say, we love you, it's great, and this and that, but it's, I'm not saying people have an agenda, but until you feel the genuine, unconditional friendship like you and I, I feel you and I have that. Yeah, I'm not expecting anything from you, you're not expecting anything from me. Smiles and hugs is what gets us through the day. Some people weren't like that. Some people, you know, I read tarot cards. People expect me to sit them down and read a tarot. That's not how it works. It works if I want to give it to you. I'm not asking you for money, and I'm not a fucking psychic medium. Don't fucking do that. No. I play with the cards, and I dabble with the arts, yeah. 
but I wasn't doing anything of that. I was not exactly, I wouldn't say praying in the religious way that you people pray to God. But I was praying to the universe because I knew there was something more for me. Very much. Spent two months trying to figure out my life. And I come back to San Diego. We're now, this is now end of August. I've planned for my best friend from Portland to come down here. Our birthdays are one day apart. Mm -hmm. And this, we're now last year, September. And I remember just sitting in my house and burning Gopal. And I came up and I walked to my board and I just started writing. I always write like how my week is going to be because I want to, I laundry list and I plan things. I always over plan and never <laughs> succeed. Um, but I remember just writing, everything is falling into place. I didn't know what that meant. My altar was the size of this little buddy. Now it's triple in size almost. Um, and for those, like, a lot of people can't see this, but it's an ancestral altar. It's what I use when I want to talk to my guides and my family and the people that are there that I feel have guided me to where I'm at in my path in life. Um, but just remember writing that. Everything is coming to place. And I'm working, you know, things are starting to open. I'm back at Beer Fish, or not Beer Fish, I'm sorry, uh, Back at Fathom, not their seafood place, but like, yeah. they're not seafood, but you know, um, at Fathom, and I just go, I can't do this anymore. I cannot flip fucking burgers and touch sausages for someone else if it's not my menu. I, I love Dennis to death, the opportunity to allow me to make a little bit of money while, you know, he needed a line cook and whatever and it was great I was there for a year oh. I was literally there for a year but I went I can no longer do this what am I doing with my life I just was able to pick myself from a mental breakdown because the people that were there like I said were the people that lived in these properties to help me and even them I don't think they knew what I was going through Maybe my friend Lori up in Grass Valley, but I don't think, you know, Alpine, nobody. I don't think anybody understood. Um, because, again, I'm looked at as a strong person. I feel that if I broke, I would look weak. And I feel like it comes from, again, that childhood trauma. You got five minutes to cry, yeah. wipe your tears, that person's not worth it. So it's sucking, it's sucking, it's sucking. And now I can't. Because once I opened it up, like, now it's like, oh, shit's happening. Um, I started looking at therapy. Well, I started kind of going to therapy a little bit before that. And then, again, quarantine, I stopped seeing my therapist. Um, and then when we, we did, it was Zoom. I actually bought a futon to put next to my desk. So I felt like I had the experience of being at a, my therapist's office. And it got to the point where I just didn't feel okay talking to him anymore because even though I just, I didn't feel like I was getting the help. He wasn't exactly like, take these medicines, call me in the morning, how you feel? Like, it, there was, I, I didn't take any antidepressants, I didn't take anything. I'd actually microdose, and that was what he was more interested in. 
But again, he's now using my path and what I'm doing to write a book for himself. You know, because and that was the whole that was the trade off. I would okay. microdose and I would um, tell him how I feel and I would journal things and then he, I would get therapy for free. Oh, okay. It was a really good trade-off. A barter. A very nice barter. Yeah. And at one point I said, no, you are not allowed. Like, I just didn't want that. You will now use what you have because there's something something else that's going to come out of this. Like, yeah. And now, you know, like, fast forward, birthday. A couple of weeks before that, the mighty Jade Jones, who, as of lately, I think him and I were just talking about this like a couple of weeks ago, realized that he's been a forever person in every part and aspect of my life, especially music. He's, we were making, we were making a joke, remember when this happened? I got in a fight with another, he's like, yeah, I was there. Remember when this, yeah, I was there, but you were drunk. I was there, Letty. I was yeah. there all the time. Mr. J. Jones gives me a call and sends me a message and goes, are you accepting meetings right now? And, of course, I'm going, like, I'm not saying no to a free lunch. <laughs> because what, what are these meetings? It's yeah. a drink and a food and fuck yeah. I'm down. Tells me about an opportunity with a newest brewer and this and that. The word creative freedom was what got me. He said that? He said that. I said, wow. He said, it's up in Del Mar and I'm not. I've never worked in Del Mar. That'd be great. I would love to be Oceanside. And not Ocean, like... By next the ocean, to the ocean. Next yes. to the ocean, not in Oceanside. Right. Um, and Someday. Some, uh, <laughs> we're there at the end of the year. Uh, that's that's one of the places that's going to be opening up. Hi. Hello, how are you doing? Doing well. Thank you. You're welcome. Yay, my computer's here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I met him. I met him at Baja Betty's. And then, you know, mentioned, hey, this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. This is what we're doing. Blah, blah, blah. This and that. And. I'm like, well, you know. I said, I'll check out the place for shits and giggles. I'm trying to put together, trying to bring Eaz and Mace back into this. And it was hard because, one, the band that I had died, and two, I ended up getting the Mustang. So trying to put an entire portable kitchen with a 10-foot canopy in there is not the best. Uh, You guys should see me lugging crab on Friday mornings from the dock to my house and that. I have a big old cooler. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Um, and then I was like, sure. I go look at the place and I'm like, I've actually worked in this place. And it felt very homelike. I mean, to this day, I still try to shove my house keys into that <laughs> and my work keys to my house if that's not like, you know, like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so I checked it out. They sent me an offer because they were like, maybe you could come in as a consultant. I'm just standing around, like, looking at the possibilities of everything that could happen in this, this one little restaurant. And I'm just like, wow, man, this would be fucking awesome. It'd be very awesome. And we sat down. I drove all the way to the Vista. We sat down. I looked at the offers. Give me some time to think about it. Let me read this. Let me go through it. Like, I know both better lawyers and whatever and whatever. Mm-hmm. Let me make sure that what you're sending me is what I'm going to be happy with. Right. 
and I looked it over, I looked at the offer, the bonus structure, every single thing about it. Asked, what does this word mean? What does this word mean? Like, if I need them to, like, whatever, can we move up? You know, like, just really in-depth. Um, and then I signed and said yes. And they have allowed me to be as creative as I want to be. That, they did not lie when they said creative freedom. And that's one of the things, not saying that, like, other people lie about that, but it's like... They want you to do something. They want me to do something. They love food enough to be like, we trust you. And when I had made my announcement that I went to West Brew, um, he, I remember Josh. Is he still talking to Jay or Josh? Right, well, no, no. Now I'm, I'm, now I'm talking to Josh because Jay was the one that just went, we have, I have oh, something you're oh. interested in. And then it went from Jay to now uh, Matt oh. and Josh, the okay. uh, GM owners. And, um, we're talking about the owners and managers of West Group. Yeah. So now, um, now I now, am, now I make my, now to this day. <laughs> so I made my announcement and Josh said that he had you know, like 12 people personally send him a text message saying how wonderful and lucky he is to have me as his chef. And I thought when he told me that, it, I, I was like... 12 people know about me? <laughs> yeah. You have at least, at least 12 fans. At least 12 I was fans. One of, I was one of the people that told Jay and Josh at West Group, and Matt too, actually, uh, that that there was a good a good catch. Like a good pull. It was a good time in your your trajectory, I said, yeah. on your path to be on that, that you are on their path and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Um, and they, I don't think they understood what I was saying, but um, I, was saying, I think, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think. They might now. Yeah, yeah. And so a lot of things, you know, have happened. We, we, I took, right before I went there, I, you know, celebrated my birthday and best friends. The next thing you notice, I go straight dive into like restaurant. We open October 7th, October 18th. I get a phone call from my ex and can I come over? My dumbass says yes. Let's move on a month later. I'm now pregnant. November 16th, I found out I was one month pregnant. Also, mind you, the day after my ex came, I told him I never wanted to see him because I wasn't going to put myself in a situation where I was going to hurt myself again. Well, guess what? <laughs> I'm now one month pregnant, so now I'm going to call him and let him know. He now knows. Uh, he's like, let me know on what you decide because I just opened up a restaurant. Right. Also, this is my first whoopsie fucking daisy. Right. I was told I couldn't have kids my entire life. I've never had an accident, and here we are. First time. When they say pendejadas, this is a big example of pendejadas. <laughs> um, and even knowingly that I was pregnant, I worked every single day. I worked doubles. I traveled back and forth to San Diego picking up shit delivery. The people that didn't know. You were, man, you were like, hiding it again. I was hiding things again. Exactly. Like, I just wanted to make sure that I could get through my first trimester because now I do want to keep. Now it's, it's unplanned, but it was wanted because now I have the opportunity to create something cool. I'm creating life. And I know a lot of women have this like mm-hmm. unaware of what's going to happen even in a partnership I'm now alone 
I have to make the decision as a woman, as a chef, not even as a female chef, as a fucking chef, whether or not this is something that is worth me continuing and developing for my career. And then I thought about it. I went, I don't give a shit. We're going to go with this shit. So we did. And I was January 1st. It's 11 and a half weeks. I had a miscarriage. I took a month off. Another so breakdown. So you decided to keep the kid in your life. So it went. So my life went from you can never have children to you're now pregnant to I'm going to keep the child to just fucking kidding. Your body cannot keep it because you worked yourself to a miscarriage. So in my head, here goes another breakdown. I'm still grieving, still very much. Um, He had a name. He had a birthday. And he still does. I'll still celebrate it. Um, Three months in, I lost my child. Oh, I lost my boy. And it's been hard. I took a month off for myself. And in this whole time, started becoming spiritually aware of things. And realized that during this whole time, I'm not going to lie, but during my miscarriage, which happened in my fucking bathtub, (laughs) I, again, very, I waffled my placenta down my fucking bathtub. I saw it. I gave birth in my bathtub to nothing. Right. Which then killed me inside again. But... When I did that, I felt like I was transported to different. I was in a jungle. I was trying, I had an out-of-body experience during this, during me being in labor. But when it brought me back, it started opening parts of me, breaking down walls that I, I had put up for so long. And now, even 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 today, I, I have these emotional releases because I'm like, okay, like I need to heal from these yeah. things because if yeah. I don't, the person that wants to do certain things in my career with my creativeness and what I've achieved so far up to now will not happen. So if that means I need to meditate every single day, I need to go touch water, I need to pray and listen to music and whatever the hell it is that I do, I'm doing that. If my phone is off and I don't reach back, it's not because of you. It's because I'm in my own shit and I've been dealing with feelings since last year. Yeah. And the first time in my entire life have I ever dealt with this. And I don't know how many people right now have went through this during quarantine. I see people right now announcing their birth, announcing their pregnancy. There's so many babies coming out of the shit. You know, a lot of my friends are having kids. And I'm just like, fuck. This sucks. Yeah. 
This sucks. And nobody talks about it. Nobody does. No woman talks about miscarriages. You know, I saw a, I wouldn't say a meme, but like a Twitter repost where a girl was asked about her age and why she hasn't had kids. And her response was, I've had seven miscarriages. And then it's like, lady, uncomfortable. It's like, yeah, you don't ask about these things. And maybe go, and as, as I'm talking to people about this, I've heard people go, I've had two. I've lost mine at seven months. I've lost mine stillborn. Yeah. It's horrible because we're creating this and nobody talks about it. It's like, shh, we don't talk about Why? that. Why? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Why? Yeah. My friend, uh, and I hope she's okay with me, like, yeah, I won't say her name. friend of mine, uh, two months prior to that, had a miscarriage herself. And we were here. She actually, the day that I, that happened, um, she came over that night just to make sure that I was okay. I wasn't going to fucking die and bleed to death here because I had gone to the hospital two days prior to that because of the same reason I started, my body started extracting, it extracted three days in a row. But the first day they told me, here's morphine and there's nothing we can do. You just have to let it pass. I didn't realize that this happens. And it doesn't because I've looked for it. And, um, you know, you extract your body, removes for three days everything that's in there until the placenta comes out. Technically, from what I've read, is that you extract and the placenta comes out and it's one day and they call it, like, that's how sometimes it happens. If not, you know, other ways. But three days in a row in my fucking bathtub by myself. And I don't know why people don't talk about it. It's tough. Yeah. But out of this, there's a lot of good that came out. So. Sorry. I guess I'm. I'm I, Sorry. No, take your time. Yeah. It's tough. It's... Mm-hmm. And you're still learning how to breathe, I'm, right? I'm grieving, yeah. So I would have been five and a half months. Um, I've given up drinking throughout the duration of this time. I haven't smoked a cigarette in a while. I actually tried to quit five years ago and slowly got to the point where I was. Um, I've had some amazing people that have come through and brought love and all that stuff. And now I'm still, my everyday challenge is waking up and try not to think about it and then going to work. The work is what has created my sanctuary and I can go and really let loose when I I feel anything just create a special there it is be able to call friends and have them cook with me that's almost what this strong woman weekend has been like every weekend is the women who have been there for me in life that have inspired me that I know 
like they're such underdogs, you know, and yeah. they're such talented, talented people. And they go, they know what happened, you know. And uh, I mean, that's where we are now. Me still going through the process. His birthday is, I mean, like I said, I named him. His name is Chulot Javier, and he was named after the god of fire and lightning. And, you know, it's little by little, day by day. And sometimes I have good weeks, and sometimes I have bad days. Today's been more of a roller coaster because I knew I was going to talk about this. I just didn't know how it dubbed mm-hmm. or how it would make me feel talking about it for the world to know about it. Yeah. And they're, you know, knowing that I maybe looked at it a little differently. I don't know how different, if positive or negative or what, because I just. What's the negative? Like, what? Well, I mean. Well, no, not negative, but like people will see me different. Yeah. You know, and Why is I. It bad? I don't know if it'll be bad because people's perceptions are their perceptions. So if they see it as a why would you talk about that or why would you bring this up, it's oh, like I would hope that they. I hope not. Know. I don't know what to think of this, and, and it, I don't yeah. under. I don't know. I'm also not expecting people to throw me a fucking pity party either. Like you know what I mean? Like when people and, and a lot of people over time they'll go like I'm really sorry that happened. It's like it's don't apologize because it wasn't your fault. Things happen to us for a reason. They don't just happen for a reason. They happen to us. And whether I went through that and that was like my fucking final test of the world and now I'm able to live my life so fucking free, that's great. If not, and there's more to come, if it doesn't kill you, it'll make you stronger. And not that I need to add more fucking character to who I am, but I want to say the good out of this was that I was able to clear my mind from figuring out the issues that I had during this whole time. Underlining issues, childhood traumas, relationship uh, ordeals, things that I never thought I would ever talk about, bring up, or even acknowledge. You know, from the perception of what a family should be to me being totally fine out being a single mother. And, you know, trying to now save money so I can find me a nice all nice nice donor out there. You know, get my picks, picks if I have to. Um, or, you know, a friend that wants to have a kid. I don't fucking know. Who knows? Who knows? But now it's like, all right, I, I know what I want. I know where my path is going. I feel with West Brew, I found my... I don't want to say forever home because things do occur and, you know, who never knows. But I know that I'm not... I personally... Not anytime soon. Maybe not end of this year. Who knows? I'll probably be there until like fucking five, ten years from now. Yeah, it's a good thing. But I feel very at home when I'm in those kitchens, when I'm working with the people, when I'm with my Sue, even though I feel like I'm letting him down a little because of like how COVID is, uh, in the sense where I want to work with him a little bit more to make him stronger. Especially if I'm about to leave to downtown to open up a new location. So I want to make sure he's ready to go. I feel yeah. like I've given him the tools, but never not how to use them just yet, you know? Especially because I do have high, high standards how I like things done. Sure. 
Um, I, I want to say all shops do. Our, my standards are very high because people expect a lot of me, so I'm going to expect the same amount from you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I feel like I've, with everything that's happened, you know, I've found my forever home. I am trying to spiritually clean. I'm apologizing to those who I didn't feel like I treated so well. And I know there's been times in my life where I could have been nicer, more compassionate, instead of telling people to go fuck themselves, which is very, very known for me to say is like, you know, it's my way or the highway, but like, at my older, older age, I'm not a young, dumb 20 year old who's just like rock and roll drugs and sex and all this shit. It's like, okay, okay, I need to calm down. I need to realign myself, my path and my focus. And I think now is definitely more about the food and how I cook with the flavors that have inspired me from Mexico, from my mom's hometown, dad's hometown, everybody. The guides, I feel like sometimes my, my spirit guides, which are my ancestors who again come from Guanajuato, like are helping me almost move hands in the way the food should taste and things should be done I think that's why I'm very much about the pulling of the heartstrings when it comes to food because I feel like I'm giving you that love and I, I want you to feel that I want to heal one plate at a time but with food whether it's a fucking sandwich a bowl of fries or the fucking ranch dip drip uh, dip uh, dressing that you know you want yeah. for whatever it's little things but it's the attention cooking to is detail. helping you heal through this process cooking or? is helping me heal through a lot of process yeah. I think that's why I've always cooked to go back into you know um, almost like the snake eating itself you know which is the snake's been very symbolic lately in my life as I even like got a new uh, you know glass blown in copper and like um it's very skin shedding so I'm losing layers that I felt have been keeping me down I almost almost feel like that scene in Boulder's Travel where he just lifts himself up and he's ripping cables and cords off him to be able to get up like that's that's what this whole miscarriage process and grieving is, is teaching me is how to get right back like, I'm not depressed. I'm not sad. I can easily be like, oh, postpartum, shit like that. No, I'm, yes, because of emotional, like, I'm still grieving, and my hormones are still in balance. Yeah, I've scientifically, yeah. Scientifically, I, like, my body sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I feel that I'm not sad. I'm not depressed. I'm just trying to cook one dish at a time and have fun doing it with the people that I want to be having fun with. I think that's where where we are in life now. That's where I am in life. You know? Yeah. I'm just over a lot of the mirage, like the a facade almost that I felt that I put for myself. Mm -hmm. Thinking this should have been the life that I wanted. Okay. And I, I realize that even more so now, I'm just happy where I am in life. I'm happy with the people that are in my life. Um, I'm open to relationships, but I don't have to be in a relationship, you know? Like, being in a relationship is cool, but have you ever really, like, you know, sat down and healed yourself, like, and really thought about 
what to offer if someone comes into your life. Like, what to offer them? You have broken down. I'm a broken down palace that's slowly fixing itself. You, you know. You are you saying that you're giving yourself time to heal I, and I, grieve? I, I yeah, no, I separate, definitely am. No, no, both together. I think grieving is part of the healing process. I think being aware of your mental health, your physical state, what goes in your body, and how you're healing yourself is a big, big fucking thing. You know, and it's something that, like I said, it's five months that I've been into this and really figuring out how to go into a normal, and I use quotes for that, normal life after this has happened without it affecting me mentally again. There'll always be a hurt in my heart, but now I know I want kids. Now I know what to do. I didn't know that before because I didn't really care. I always dated people who didn't want to be, you know, have kids. Okay. You know, like, you know, there's things that now, like... Another awakening. Another awakening. Now I have to... There's been so many. There's been so many. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't want to sound all, like, fucking... Pardon me, too. I don't know what the word that I'm looking for. I don't want to say witchy. I don't want to say bruja. It's not Joan of Arkish, but like, you know, it's. It's an openness that I didn't think I would ever talk about with people. I never thought I would open my soul up. It's, that's what it is. And I feel like. You need to talk about. Everything. To talk about healing, or no, everything. I've never once with or letting things in, letting them both everything. Speaking about it by letting it go, because sometimes when you talk about it, you let go. Things. The theme of this year is letting go. People need to let go. <laughs> um, I think that's a theme for every day. To be quite honest, let go of what no longer serves you. Um, whether it be a fucking plant that you can't keep alive, or a jacket that you've had for twelve years because. Like it's some dude in a band touch yeah. it. <laughs> or let it go of a resentment that you have yeah. to somebody because you just realize it, it, it was a miscommunication. Yeah. Sheddings, more shedding. Shedding, shedding, yeah. Some people say last year was like, you know, that Marie Kant does it bring joy, get rid of it if it doesn't. Yeah. Like, that's another version of that. Like, yeah, yeah. And I feel there's been and a, no one can a tell you. No yeah. one should be a, no one should I'm sorry, I don't like saying should, but like I don't think it's right for people to tell other people how to heal or to read. No. It, it more, no. I'm going to say should because people should like allow you that. I think um, uh, to grieve in your own way to you know to heal. You know, if you acknowledge that it's through cooking, then that's awesome. I mean, I uh, sorry. Uh, the only way I can relate right now is because we've had a couple of miscarriages. Yeah. And it's like, damn, it, like it's there's nothing like that. You know. Thank you. Huh. I owe money to the IRS. Fuck you, IRS. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, <coughs> well, I don't know. We gotta figure out a way to, we gotta figure out a way to wrap it up, close it up, like... Oh, I mean, I think, I think this was a Because we're at present up. day. We're at present day. And I you're, mean... you're figuring out a way to, to... So I've been, I've been, I've been grieving and I I've think, been healing. I think I'm you actually... Al- you're allowing yourself time 
to do that? I am, 100%. I think yeah. the fact that my sobriety is allowing me to sit down and process it easier and better a lot. I mean, usually I get sad and go fucking bottles deep, you know? Oh, and okay. now I don't. I, I won't touch alcohol until at least the nine months, you know, which would be July. And um, it's one of those things where I, uh, yeah, I don't know where I'm headed. I, I do, in a sense, but I'm very much present in the present. I'm not thinking about the future. I'm not thinking about tomorrow. I mean, I am in the sense of populist and work-related, <laughs> but I'm not thinking about, like, yeah. what the world will bring. I think that's... I want to go in every day as innocent as possible and still being, like, surprised. By Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, like... No, it's a rabbit on crack, but... Uh, <laughs> More in the sense of like... Okay, wide-eyed. A wide-eyed. Uh, like a child, like a surprise. Like, oh my God, I didn't know this was going to happen. Okay, like, yeah. this is great. Instead of going like, oh, these are the outcomes that could happen. And you see the outcomes, like, what? how exciting is that? It's not. Yeah. I, I think being that's in the true. present is... That's my thing right now. Being in the present and healing through my food. And being present. To be present, physically and mentally. Because a lot of people aren't, aren't. And if you have to, like, kind of tell, and I've had people go, like, I'm present right now. I'm like, you have to tell yourself that. It's kind of <laughs> like saying, I'm not a bad human being. It's a reassurance for yourself. You probably are if you have to say that. <laughs> no, not exactly. Remind yourself. But you, remind yourself that you're were not. You, were you, like, do you feel like you weren't present before? Like, a different person? Like, no, I, I feel like I just constantly think about the future, think of, like, this, I'm going to do this, I want to do it. I'm constantly planning. Oh, thinking too far ahead. Too far yeah, ahead right. of what I want to do, and now I'm just, like... Too much planning. Too much planning, over-planning. I've got plan A to Z worked out right now oh. for my life. Well... That's, that's 26 plans, bro. That's more than a lot of people have anyway. <laughs> yeah, and I, mean, I, I need to stop that. I need to not plan things. I need to just kind of go with the flow and be the current of the water, and I think, like... See, kind of like the river. Where do, where do I lead? What channels do I go? Yeah. How will I make my journey to the big, great ocean? I will like I stop in a lagoon? Ooh. <laughs> are you, uh, <laughs> is it safe to say, like, you are realizing, or not realizing, I guess, but like, let me think. Contentment? Is the contentment in the, on the horizon? I mean, i Not that we want to stop growing as people or chefs or whatever. I... You sound like you're happy at West Brew. I'm I mean, I don't want to plateau in happiness because I feel that that when I personally plateau with happiness, which has happened many times, oh. that um, because I think I'm happy, and it leaves room for and it and it like you're stuck in a little area and you think that's the highest you're going, and now you're falling down again. I'm trying to always climb a mountain. I guess I want to go through hills. I want some valleys, but I don't want them there all the time. I want to find an oasis in a cave and a mountain or whatever. I don't know. But you're fucking Whoa, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, almost inner peace without being too peaceful. We're just like too zen. We're like literally everything just bounces off of you. And that's that takes a lot of a lot. Nirvana. Is that what that is? I think that, I thought it was banned. <laughs> it is. They were banned. Yes, she's correct. I've talked about them a couple of times on the shows. Um, uh, no, you're, yeah, I see. I know what you mean. Yeah, um, and it, I mean it does. It's never going to be perfect, and this is why. Are you okay with that? I are prefer. Getting there. 
And I will always say this, and people that know me very, very well know that I strive to be imperfectly perfect because I want you to see my flaws. I, I, I think this is why I was okay telling you my entire life story. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> we went there. We went there. We went deep. And um, because I'm okay that I want you to love me for the good stuff and the bad stuff. And I'm not saying that I want to be loved. I need someone to love me. No, but as as a friend, I have flaws and I'm human and I suffer. And I want you to love me for my bad and my good. And sometimes I make mistakes because I am a human. You know? Oh, really? Sometimes. Yeah. You're not not superhuman. No, no. And I break and I... And lately the thing that I've been trying to tell myself that... I'm submitting to a life of, like, chill, I guess you could say, (laughs) because I don't go out anymore. I cook a lot for myself. I bring friends into my my private area where I feel comfortable to, you know, you want a tarot reading? I fucking, I'll give it to you. I can read cards. They're fun. I love them. Um, Maybe you need a leap in today. Yeah, I do that, too. My altar is, I feel my altar is strong enough to almost help. Not help. I don't want to say help. It's not helping. And it's... I don't want to say guide. I don't know. Y'all people can come and find sanctuary in my house. There you go. A clear space. Solace. A solace. Ah, My house, I feel, is very calming. So I get out here. I live on a very chaotic chaotic street. It hasn't sounded too bad. Just more like, you know, the sounds of traffic. The sounds of traffic. But it's a very chaotic street, and it's very, you know, all over the place that I've been able to find... I'm a serenity here in my little heart of a little heart home um, but I just I don't know okay. I'm just ready for the next thing and I don't know exactly what that is and I know that when I find it I'll be surprised and I'll be happy and it is what it is and you know I just want to cook for you guys I want to eat that food. <laughs> but, uh, all I and know, I'll cook with you at too. the end of the day, all I want to do is cook for you. That's how you show. That's how I show. That is my love language. Let me feed you. That's Let me put the, that good good in your mouth. parting words of Actually, can you also, real quick, we didn't even get to this. I don't know if I can put it, but what, say your full name. Like the, <laughs> the, the, like the real, like whatever you're, I don't know. So when I was younger, like I used My mom to, has 20 names. Yeah. So when I was younger, my mom used to, um, uh, say my name but it'd be like a slow drawn out mm-hmm. way full mm-hmm. name so I always thought it was negative and people would say my full name oh. um, now I've taken that away from that uh, is it denotation is that the word I'm looking for that negative content or that negative context you're taking it back I'm taking my name back go ahead so my full name is Leticia Isabel Gonzalez McKenzie Leticia Isabel Gonzalez McKenzie take it back <laughs> So actually, it's Leticia, and Leticia. a lot of people say Leticia or Leticia, but it's Leticia. Um, Emphasis on the let. Yeah, and even my name, people say Letty. I say Letty because I Letty. It's Letty. Right. Yeah, exactly. I uh, made it easy for people not to have to really put much effort into saying my name, which is Patty Smith once did an interview about how important it is to have a strong name. I have a strong name. I have a name that's unique. And I mean, a lot. There's a lot of Letis and Leticias, but like, it's how I've perceived myself as a strong person. Yeah. That my name was given to me for a reason. 
My name is Leticia Isabel Gonzalez McKenzie. It is. It is. Say her name. Say it proud. Take it back. <laughs> All that stuff. It's your power. <laughs> it your is. Name, you know? um, it is. And correct people if they say your name wrong. Like, yeah, and you that. know, I'm, I'm, I should, but I think after all these years... Oh, what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is it's okay to correct people. Like, it's okay. It is. Make well, it easy, I'm sure, but like, actually just so you know, this is my name, whatever. Yeah, well, and, and I have been, I go, well, it's said this way, but if you can't say it, yeah. then I understand, yeah. you know. I personally go to gro- uh, restaurants and I go, I'm not going to try to say this because I'm not going to butcher it. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to your language or whatever, but that's what I'm doing. Exactly. And I'll tell people the same thing. I'm sorry, I don't know how to say your last name, so excuse me if I don't say it, because I don't want to sound like an idiot. I will <laughs> sound like an idiot. I totally will, and that's okay. <laughs> I know what you mean. Uh, well, what? give me a parting word of wisdom. Besides, let me cook for you. Well, um, no, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, what's a call to action. Right? Call to so, action. So we're going to eat at West Brew. Uh, we're going to try everything. <laughs> Maybe I'll cook with you if you'll allow me. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Well, if you'll empower me. Um, you know, empower is a very, uh, I've learned that that is not a word to use. Well, if you give me the option to cook in your I kitchen. give you an option. See, here's the thing, really quickly. <laughs> really this quick. will be, this That's will okay. Be, it's a, this will be, part, these parts. are my parting it's words. It's Okay, this is my parting word. I don't like to use the word empower anymore because who the fuck am I to give you power? I'm Ooh, nobody. Okay. I will help you nourish and harness the power you already have. Okay. Huh? From the bottom of my corazón. Yep. Pushing it, or I don't know. It's almost like Sorry. regurgitating from the belly. I didn't out. want to say, yeah, I didn't want to like. We were just talking about food. I didn't want to say like, you know, the food's gonna come up. But yeah, I understand. Regurgitating the feelings mm-hmm. from the soul, from the inside okay. out. Um, but yeah, so using the word empower is something that is no longer gonna be in my vernacular because I'm not one to give you power. I'm here to harness with you and so allow what, you, you think, can you think of a synonym for like something like women empowering women um nurturing or inspiring, inspiring is one thing there's one because you have to give the flame so I use inspiring supporting walking with there it is walking side by side okay. um and I think when people say I just want to empower you well, who the fuck yeah, are go, you to give so me so power like, go, go, go cook but walking with would be like Let's I will go. help you stir the smaller. It's like, so, yeah. Bake this bread. Difference between get in the kitchen and make me a sandwich to let's bake the bread together. Okay. I, you heard it. Synonym for empowerment. Inspiring. Inspiring. Supporting. Walking with. Walking supporting. with. True support would be walking next to or. Yeah. Walking, you know, or wherever well, they need you to walk. Wherever they need you to walk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Guided. We're Guide. getting. We're getting. Hella deep. Getting I think we here. went we're too easy. No. <laughs> I'm going to do two parts, so. Okay. I'll edit that. But, uh. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. What an excellent conversation with uh, my friend, Chef Letty McKenzie. As you heard her say her full name finally towards the end of the episode. I hope that you were able to digest that entire conversation. If not, go back and listen to it part by part. It's a long one, but it's chock full of good stuff. And Letty encapsulates everything that the show is about. Food and music is life. Yes, and, you know, obviously in the first part, it was a lot about food and music. And in the second part, it was about food and life. And <clears throat> there was some serious topics in there, of course, because life is not always fun and games, of course, right? I know that. I'm not naive to that. And Letty is a very honest person. 
So I think that's one thing that people do appreciate about her. Honest cooking, honest food, honest music. Uh, she's very honest about how she feels about things. And she'll tell you also, which is another thing that can be appreciated about people like that. Um, you know, they don't hold back. And that's a good quality in people that's lacking in a lot of things these days. Uh, not always in a good way. It's, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it, of course. But honesty is far and few in between in these days and people. So I digress. Uh, I let these set it all. And she did bring up a few things that I'm sure other people have gone through as well. Um, I can't speak to the same experiences. Everyone has their own life journey and life experiences. And the way we come out of those things is different for everybody. But if you are one of those people who has struggled with any of the things that we talked about in this episode, mental illness, drug addiction, uh, anything having to do with relationships, going gone awry, miscarriages, um, you know, anything like that, uh, anything in those topics, there's always people to talk to about those things that you think nobody else wants to hear or know about you. There's always somebody who wants to listen. There's resources out there. I can list some in the show notes so you can link to them. There's uh, other women who are going through the same thing. There's men who are going through some of the same things. Some things, not, not biologically, of course, but mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, all this other thing. So if you need therapy, there's resources. If you need help, there's resources. If you need financial aid, there's resources. If you need a shoulder to cry on, someone to lean on, there's resources. I'm even one of those resources for some things. But um, there's professionals out there who are willing and would love to hear your story and, and just be there for you. I'm sure Chef Letty would love to talk to you about some things too. Um, yeah, so I don't need to say much more because it was already a long episode. Um, I don't want to end it on a too much of a jovial note like we often do. It's a good sandwich, sandwich to do that sometimes. But um, I'm just going to do one, one song at the end. But um, yeah, thanks for listening thus far. I know it was a long one. Thank you. I appreciate you sticking around. Got some more episodes coming coming down the pipeline here. So be sure to subscribe and share this with a friend. Share it, especially with people who need to hear Letty's story. Share it with people who are unaware that there's other people like them. Share this story. Um, share the vulnerability of two friends talking to each other on a couch, you know? So it's a good thing to, to be able to do this with people. So I've been appreciative of the show, appreciative of these kind of conversations. And I hope that, um, I hope that everyone out there has somebody to talk to or knows that there's people out there um, that, you know, we just want to, we just want to help. So yeah, I, um, I'm going to bid you a fond farewell. I just, I'm not going to say anything else. Everything's in the show notes. Get there. Get get some links. Get all that kind of good stuff. And then until I see you next time, food and music fam, ciao.
Thanks for listening to The Family Cast. Yeah. <laughs>